Welcome back, my BMX nerd friends. In this week's episode of Canode Knows, brought to you by Dig BMX, we have uh, Dakota Roche. He's a young, up-and-coming 17-year-old kid, and I think he's got a lot of potential, and he might carry a brand or two in the future. Dakota's a legend, and uh, also just a really good human being. I, it's we start, it, we start the conversation with uh, mental health, and then it carries on into every aspect of his life and his career and looking back on all the clips he's filmed. And he's got a really good memory, even despite saying that he doesn't have a good memory. And uh, just getting to talk to Dakota was a treat, so I hope you enjoy listening. Uh, if you're on YouTube, make sure you smash that like and subscribe. If you're on Anchor, or Spotify or podcasts, just uh, leave a review. I honestly have never left a review, but if you guys could, that'd be dope. Big thanks to Dakota for coming on. Big thanks to Dig for partnering on this podcast. And uh, yeah, that's enough for me. Let's get into it. Hi, Dakota Roche. Hi, Bobby Canode. How are you, bud? <laughs> I'm good, man. I can't remember how we first met, but I know I know you. And we've been in sessions several times. Do you yeah. remember by any chance? Like, all right. So first of all, I just listened to your No Jumper interview and that was nine months ago, but you were talking about like, you've never been a partier or a drinker. You've always gone to bed early and like, you like feeling good in the morning. So I would imagine your memory is a little bit better than mine because I went, I went down a different path. So I, I always try and ask like, how did we meet dude? Uh, well, Actually, our memories might be about equal because I think I've swan dived into the concrete a few times. I might have lost <laughs> a few over the years. Uh, I is I remember the first time I rode with you was probably maybe like twelve years ago. Yeah, like two thousand ten. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like. I want to say like, cause I was going out, you know, I was going out to Arizona a lot filming for occult stuff like early on. Yeah. And I feel like, shoot, we must've met around then because like I had already like by the time talk is cheap came out and we did the premiere at that. I can't remember the name of that bike shop that was there, but um, you were at that premiere. They had like a jam and everything. And uh, Gordy's maybe Gordy's or wasn't there another one? Yeah. There's a I couple of them. Oh, I think I know. It, there was one on the east side of town that I can't. You yeah, have Serenity. Serenity. That's Serenity. What it was. That's the one. Yeah. Serenity. Yep. So by the time that was going down, I had already like met you and rode with you a few times. So it must yeah. have been within the, the couple years before that. So that's funny, yeah. man. Because like I know that I know you, and I talk to Vish regularly. And then he's always like, dude, you should get Dakota on. I'm like, dude, I'm nervous to have Dakota on. <laughs> no, when you hit me up, I was like, Bobby, come on, bro. Like, <laughs> come on. I'm, I'm a fan of what you do. I've, I have been for a long time. I mean, you're very good with the camera. You sound very good with your words based on these podcasts and the times we hung out. So I appreciate being involved. I appreciate you. Yeah. Back at you, man. <laughs> the whole, the whole nine. <clears throat> so i uh yeah like i said listen to the no jumper one and there's like mm -hmm. i want to let's let's talk about this so what was it like doing no jumper like is it still in the same oss shop in la is the brick and mortar store gone or is it still there i mean this is nine months ago so i don't know if it's fresh in your head but what was it like doing a podcast without him like at now that oh, he's at yeah this level? you know it's crazy because like i mean as with you, I think I've known Adam for probably around the same amount of time, maybe a little bit longer than that. So it was like, 
when I actually sat with him for the podcast, it was like, dude, I've already like traveled the world with this dude. And I've already like, he's been a part of BMX for a long time. So it was like, I, I felt pretty comfortable like sitting yeah. there and talking. I feel like if, if I didn't know him and I knew where he's at right now, it'd be intimidating. It'd be super intimidating. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, you know, he does big things, bro. Like literally like he's, he's, he's uh transitioned from BMX into a lot of avenues very successfully. So it's like, I don't know. I, I think that's a very commendable thing, you know? And I, 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 uh, I feel like that's a win for BMX. Anytime anybody starts doing things that start as BMX and then turn into exactly. bigger things outside, it's like, dude, this is rad. Like, I don't know. It's just inspiring. So, yeah, so Adam 22 did that. Nigel's doing that. Who else can you think of that's like taking BMX to a little bit outside of, are you know the core the core shit i think like you know like even like daryl taco and everything like going from professional rider videographer doing both and then like now he has like his production company i believe and yeah with chad osborne too yeah with chad osborne exactly so it's like seeing people do that and like be very successful with it and it's like bro you learn so much from bmx and traveling and working hard at that that it's like i feel like we're actually at like an advantage when it comes to doing things outside of BMX. Cause like, bro, we've already like, not to say other things don't take a lot of work, but I don't know, man, riding's pretty hard, pretty yeah. hardcore, dude. Yes, like it really is. I've done other things as well. Uh, you know, like doing construction and whatever else. And not to say that's not difficult, but like, dude, like it takes a lot of like, I don't know, patience and persistence and all that stuff that, you can apply later on to life and, you know, take it down different avenues. So, For real. um, I get yeah. like clients will apologize to me after like their third take on, you know, trying to do a talking head video. And I'm like, <laughs> like, you have no idea. <laughs> I've, I've sat in mud oh. for five hours waiting to <laughs> waiting for a guy to land his trick. You're fine, man. So anyway, yeah. I'm, I'm curious about like the whole process leading up to the podcast. Like, is it, is it in that brick and mortar store still? What is it, you know, everything around that podcast? The podcast was great. You were, you guys flowed naturally. It was awesome to listen to. But, um, thanks. Yeah, thanks, tell, dude. Tell um, me the story of what it's like to, yeah, around that, you know? You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I remember the day really well, actually. Um, but so it wasn't at the OG um, store. It wasn't, it wasn't there. I don't believe they have that anymore. Maybe okay. during COVID they might've transitioned out of that, but Adam has like a big space now, uh, in it's in like kind of like Burbank area, I believe. Um, so it's like, it's not in actual like LA. Right. Um, but, uh, so leading up to it, it was like, I actually, I was with Corey Martinez and vegan and we were, uh, we were riding a skate park like a couple miles away from it. So, it actually was pretty cool because like, instead of like driving up there and like being by myself and being nervous and like thinking about like what kind of discussions we're going to have, it was like, went from like sessioning with like some of my good friends and having a good sesh, literally like straight in to a podcast. So it was like, I was all fired up. I was like, dude, I'm having a good day. Like, you know, so um, that's what's up. Yeah. What what does his operation look like? Does he have, you know, people behind the scenes running the cameras and how many is it? What, what does it look like? I I remember talking to Tony Maloof about this a little bit and I was always so curious because like I've, I've 
um what's the word produced podcasts for other people for like work and um, there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that you know you need a team of i don't know two three people four people at his level what was it like how many people were in the room while you guys were doing that episode dude i feel like there was like closer to 10 people involved like yeah. f like a solid a solid eight i would say um so yeah, we're at the table talking and then there's another table across the room. They're all, you know, they're all <laughs> tapped into whatever cameras and microphones and all this mm -hmm. stuff work and everything. Um, and then there was like a couch and Began and Martinez were in there hanging out while I was doing it, which also made it a little bit more comfortable. You know, it was yeah, like, because obviously I know Adam, but then there's like <clears throat> 10 people in there that are do doing their thing for the podcast and i'm just like it made it less awkward having like some homies in there yeah you know? it's good to have so, the vibes yeah but it felt it like to to also answer your question it felt very official it was like you walk in and it's like all right adam will be in soon like you know like he has like his uh i don't know if it's like i don't know what you call it like a assistant there you go like okay. assistant was there and like you know it just was like whoa dude like again it's like it's inspiring because it's like i I've done things with him outside of what he's doing now and to see him here and doing it, uh, you know, what it's evolved into is just, it's really cool, you know? Yeah, so, I agree. I'm yeah. so proud, like I oddly proud of him. He's older than me and, you know, but I'm like seeing, cause I went out there in 2010 and interned with the come up and he taught me how to make a blog post on WordPress. That's the, but like, just to see where he's come from that till now is unbelievable the amount you can accomplish in a decade and i mean you too you know you've accomplished quite quite a, quite a bit in in the last decade i try man i try really hard so thank you i know it's like not cool to be a try hard but like i don't know i feel like when it comes to like film and video parts and like uh i don't know just being a professional bike rider it's dude you gotta try hard to keep to keep it to maintain it you know 100%. so it's like you know you see people that that uh kind of start like tapping out because they they see how much work it takes and it's yeah. like hey i don't blame you dude but like you know i i still want to do it so <laughs> i'm gonna keep tapping in which i love and you mentioned yeah, you. so in that podcast you talk about cognitive behavioral therapy which i would say like what you just said i know try hard is like whatever you just said you said cringe or something like that but that's i disagree try hard should be cool and it should be like you know put up on a pedestal like Oh, this man's putting his best effort. There's like a clip I keep mentioning. Um, ASAP Rocky, I think, is the one who said it. He's like, how are you going to hate on somebody for trying? You know? Like, <laughs> why that. why hate on somebody for just trying to do something, you know? That's the advice I try and give people is just like, do shit, you know? And if it for works, sure. it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. But Dude, 100%. I'm curious about this cognitive behavioral therapy that you're talking about. Like, what? Like, how long have you been doing that? So... I don't want to be repetitive. Like in, in the podcast you, you talk about, it's just like acknowledging, like, for example, at, at the top of a rail, all the negative thoughts of like, okay, this could go wrong. This could go wrong. Acknowledging those thoughts, but not giving them too much credit. But what does that look like when you're in the therapist's office? Like what, what, how do you work through shit like that? Yeah, no, I don't think it's repetitive at all. I mean, I, I actually like talking about this stuff quite a bit. I think, part of my like 
goals and duty these days is I'd like to be like more of an advocate for those types of things because it's like I think back on times granted I still struggle like off and on with things but like I think back on times where I had no idea what was going on in my brain and it was like it's so scary you know what I mean because you're like why am I having these thoughts why am I feeling this way uh what can I do to stop these because it's like your first I would say your first instinct is to like Oh, don't think about that. Don't think the more you do that, the more those thoughts come back. It's like you you're essentially giving it power when you say that because you're like, I'm scared of you. Don't come at me. But if you kind of flip the script and you're like, all right, like, what's up? Like, you know, it's like almost like I'm accepting that I'm scared of you right now, but I would like to move towards my values. And that means pushing through whatever this fear is because Interesting. yeah for you know like i know i talk about it in regards to bmx but i've had to put i've had to do it for plenty of other things in my life you know other things that i've struggled with over the years but like you know as it relates to bmx it's like almost like this like it's another side of it is like this acceptance and commitment therapy aspect of it it's called act and it's like basically like it's like you're accepting the feelings that you're having. Um, you're not trying to push them away. You're allowing them to be there, but you're still proceeding because you value this thing and you're accepting the risks and the dangers of it. And again, I, it's not easy, dude. Like I, I, like over the weekend, I was actually like, I had, I was, I don't know. It was like kind of spiking a little bit because I was trying some scary stuff. And it's like, it's, you know, there's a level of like, I guess these like visualizations or thoughts that you have, like of what can go wrong. Mm -hmm. Mine is like ramped up heavy. Like I think it's way beyond like a neurotypical brain. Like I, I envision like such catastrophic things happening almost sometimes to the point where it's like, it makes me laugh. I'm like, yo, that's like (laughs) that. Whatever movie I'm playing in my head is crazy. Final destination shit on like a a bail, you know? (laughs) Yes, exactly. So, um, uh, without learning what I essentially felt like I had to learn, I don't know if I could have kept going on. I don't know if I could have kept going on with riding. Like, cause it was, it's like, dude, I'm like, okay, like it's easier to walk away from something you're scared of than it is to address it. But like, I care about this so much that like, I need to do whatever it takes to keep doing it, you know? Dope. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So, yeah. So. All anyways. right. So first of all, will you give me an example outside of BMX, how the cognitive behavior, the behavior CBT has helped? Mm-hmm. Is it, can you give me an example? Yeah, for sure. So like, um, it depends on how deep you want to get, man. Cause like we can get like in it and it, it would probably I'm down to, because I feel like it could be helpful for things that um, people are scared to talk about, you know, like normalizing some normal bad thoughts or whatever, but it's like, um, I guess something outside of BMX for me would be like, uh, I'm trying to think of a good one that will allow me to explain it the best. So like, Um, I also, the, the last one outside of BMX that really got me was like this, again, my brain feels like it's on such a high speed sometimes that like, I, I started like getting really stuck at the idea. Like, what if I become 
what if I become schizophrenic or I have psychosis or something like that? And I started like that thought popped into my head like year, like maybe like four or five years ago when I was in like a particularly difficult time. And uh, I was like, I had the thought, I was like, oh my God, like, dude, what if, what if I'm going crazy right now? What if I start like hearing voices or seeing things that aren't there? And dude, the thought That's scary. Ab- yeah. absolutely terrified me. And I, I literally like for a solid over a, a year, I couldn't stop thinking about it. Like you watch my video parts of stuff that I was doing and I had to, I had to work through deciding if I was crazy or not while I was filming. So like, I guess I'm only saying this to encourage people. Like you can push through some pretty heavy stuff that you have going on in your head. So um, I had to do for that particular instance, like, first of all, it's really common. I have OCD, like obsessive compulsive disorder. So it's like um, mentally I get stuck on things and I obsess over them for extended periods of time some hours a day sometimes like and it's it's not fun it really isn't and I feel I really feel for anybody that's struggling especially people in struggle in silence like I've had it since I was three and I didn't get diagnosed till I was like 30 <laughs> like wow yeah literally maybe even a little bit older than that <laughs> I knew something was up but I was like I don't know I don't have words for this and then it's like you know again, that's why I'm putting myself in this position, trying to be a little bit more vulnerable and like explain it to people. It's like, if you get stuck on thoughts and you feel like they're, they have like that much control over you, it's probably time to tap in and, you talk know, to a therapist. talk, talk to a therapist. Exactly. Yeah. But, um, so the, the, back to what I was trying to say with the, um, I guess Panic the fear, schizophrenia. Yeah. yeah, the fear of that is like, it's so for people that have OCD or tend to be, uh, I guess, tend to have like health, health related anxieties, it's actually really common. Um, so health related anxieties, you mean mm -hmm. just being anxious about like your overall health or yeah, okay, exactly. Like people that are like, Oh, you know, like I, I would say people that got really like into like, people were really scared of COVID for a while. But even before that, it was like, some people are like, what if I have cancer and they can't get that thought out of their mind? Or yeah. what if, you know, what if I get sick and I'm unable to like take care of my family or go to work or whatever, things like that. Or yeah. like, I'd say cancer is a big one. You know, people get that like, right. Because people it, get that, you know, cause like rationally you think, okay, it can happen. And then you start thinking, well, like, what if it happens to me? And then you get locked in on that thought and it kind of consumes you. And then that fear is going to drive your day. And like how you interact with people is everything in your life changes based on your thoughts, which is pretty wild to think about. So then oh, it's so crazy. Yes. <laughs> what does the, the therapist say to you? Like in practice, I'm so curious. Cause I've never, I've, ne- I've been to a therapist once, but I, mm-hmm. you know, after this, I'm going to hop on and go hit up betterhelp.com or some shit. I'm just kidding, but <laughs> I, I'm strongly considering it. Um, what, what does it look like in practice? Is it just a conversation or you like with the CBT in particular, it's, I mean, are you doing exercises of writing stuff down? What is it? What does a session look like? Yeah, it, it's kind of all those things to be honest. Uh, 
So I prefer a little bit of both like talk therapy as well as like behavioral stuff. So it's like, it's good to talk about some of the things that are concerning. Um, the other side of it is like, it's just like, a, it's just like any other muscle. You have to work it, dude. Like every single day, it's like repetition, repetition, repetition. So it's like the sooner you're like, for instance, like, I guess like for me, it's like, okay, first goal one, notice when you're having the thought goal two, detach from the thought. Um, don't, don't, um, don't allow yourself to give so much meaning to it. Yeah. Do you uh, have to identify with that thought that, you know, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then from there, it's like the more distance you put between yourself and the thought, not through distraction, don't distract yourself. Cause that's only going to make it worse. It's more so like, I'm acknowledging you're there. I'm refocus refocusing my attention on things that I care about, things that I value. And I'm going to work towards those things. And you know what? Like, if that happens, that happens. I have to be accepting of it because the more you accept, it's, it's essentially accepting uncertainty is what you're having to do. Yes. You're like, cause what happens is people get these ideas in their head and they're constantly seeking reassurance. They're asking, Oh, like, you know, if, if I went to a therapist, like a, like a, I can't say bad therapist, but somebody who wasn't versed in OCD and cognitive behavioral therapy, they would be giving me reassurance. They're like, Oh no, you're not going crazy. Um, you like, this is why you're not going crazy. And reassurance only works for a little bit when you, uh, like I might feel good for five or 10 minutes, but then my brain's going to take back over and I'm right. going to be scared again because that's what happens when you're obsessive or you have anxiety rap anxiety doesn't listen to rationality. So it's yeah. like, it doesn't listen to the voice of reason. It's right. like, I, I could know damn well that that isn't the case for me. I mean, I consider myself a pretty functioning human being who has things that they care about and work towards and has a, like a, essentially my dream job currently. It's like, so I would say, yeah, chances are it's probably not the case, but that logic doesn't mean anything to the intrusive thoughts, the bad thoughts. So it's yeah. like, um, so yeah, it's essentially like noticing you're having the thought and detaching from it. But also another thing that I've had to do for that situation in particular is uh, I had to do exposure and response prevention, which is ERP. Um, so essentially you're exposing yourself to the things that you're scared of. So oh, my ERP, yeah, my yeah. ERP for this situation was um, I was actually having to watch like videos of people with schizophrenia and psychosis and learn how to watch it and not, not react. Like notice what my body's doing. If I'm tightening up, I need to drop my shoulders. I need to watch it and just, you know, take deep breaths. And I guess that further detaches you from, from the feelings. It's like, okay, like I'm exposing myself to this thing that I'm scared of. I'm not seeking reassurance. I'm not asking whether or not this is going to happen to me or not. I'm just, I'm allowing myself to be right now. And Sick. eventually, eventually it just wasn't as scary. You know what I mean? Nice. Like there's no way in hell a couple of years ago, a couple of years ago, I could have talked about it like this. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I really, I don't think I would have had the confidence and um, 
capability to do it. So it's like the proof's in the pudding, dude, it works. And I, I started realizing like fears like that all root from an early age. You know, I had health anxiety since I was three years old. And I remember these things that I'd be terrified of when I was a child. And I never learned how to cope with them in a, in a helpful way early on in life. I didn't learn until later in life. So now it's like I'm having to revisit things from the past and almost like rework them and be more accepting. So again, I don't wish this on anybody, dude. I really don't, but keep in mind, I guess I would like to be an example of like somebody who's struggled severely over the years with things and not to say that I'm not going to continue to struggle, but you can still find meaning in your life and live a life worth living, you know? So hundred percent. And it's like, I did you know, tell me, correct me if I'm wrong, but like having that anxiety from age three, and I know you started skating when you were three, right? You mm-hmm. skated and then from nine to 12, from ages nine to 12, you were like dabbling between the two, but like using those out as an outlet, like I, well, the thing that comes to mind is like when you say OCD or, um, you know, like escaping or like just the anxiety just trying a nose mail over and over again in low tech Vancouver. Like that's just the example that comes to my mind, but like get like the nose mail is, is almost therapeutic to me because it's something that you just like, you're just in the zone, you're going in circles and trying it and trying it and trying it and using BMX is like your outlet. Is that, do you think that that had an effect on like the way you treated writing like your, your OCD or, you know, so, health anxiety? Yeah. Okay. So, um, let me see. I'm going to answer it in a few different ways. So absolutely. If you are struggling with something mentally, find something you value and, and do it. Like you literally, like we all need, and especially like something physical, like, like riding a bike or skateboarding, surfing, mountain bikes, whatever it is, because that's like, that's going to be more helpful than almost anything. I would say so, you know, like that having something that I cared about from such an early age really helped me through some of the hardest times. Cause I'm like, it gives you something to like, you know, stick through work towards and something positive of something that you value to really uh, refocus your attention on. It's like, there's this scary thing right here, but I just turned my head this way and I refocus my attention on something that, is so meaningful to me and I care about so much. So I think a lot of people that really um, end up, I guess, struggling long-term don't have, they don't have things like that in their life that they really truly care about and that require a lot of uh, work to continue doing. So it's like for me, yeah, BMX and skateboarding growing up was was like a huge yeah. savior for me. I've heard so, that. Oh, sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Oh no, it's okay. It's okay. So, so I've heard that when people are talking about, you know, addiction or mental health, like sometimes it's not the actual substance. It's just the lack of like something positive that you, you know, your environment or like what you're talking about, having something that you care about that you can push for it. Like you have to change your life and then the other, the bad, the other shit, you know, kind of fades away. Like if, you know, heroin is your only ex- es- like escape from, 
you know, these bad feelings or feeling like shit, then, you know, it's, it might not necessarily like what you're saying is, you know, the, the, the solution, make your life better and find something you care about and pursue it, which is a hundred percent interesting shit. A hundred percent. It's, it is so valuable to find purposes in life. That is everything. That is literally everything. The older I get, the more I realize that, you know? So it's like, yeah, dude, because there's a lot of stuff that sucks in life, dude. There's a lot of horrible things, whether it's, you know, stuff with your family, maybe people getting sick, people passing away. Uh, there's so many things that, that suck. You got to yeah. find things that you really care about and refocus your attention on those things. And I'm, yeah. again, I'm, I'm trying to frame it. I'm not trying to say like, oh, you know, just be positive all the time. That doesn't work, dude. It's no. like, it, life isn't always positive, but you can always refocus your attention on the things that you care about. You know, that I could, agree. that, you know, you can do that till the day you die. Yeah. So I think, um, but also to answer your question, I think, yeah, I tend to be since, since I am obsessive by nature, I think that that also sometimes to my demise, to be honest, sometimes I'm like, all right, I'm going to keep trying this until I literally like need to be like, carted out of here or yeah. I land it, you know? And it's like, dude, sometimes it's not, sometimes it's not healthy, but it's kind of how I'm wired and there is positives to it. So that is one of them. It's like, yeah, sometimes I push a little too hard, but sometimes it works out in my favor and yeah. I'm a little beat up, but I roll away from something that took me hours to get. And I'm really happy now i feel fulfilled so that feeling yeah the feeling, feeling of landing it after trying it for you know however many hours and getting hurt and still pushing through is the best a hundred percent and i think like unfortunately it's like you look at even like musicians and maybe even some actors or filmmakers or whatever and it's like dude they they talk pretty openly about like their struggles with mental health or whatever you almost sometimes can't have well you can't have the good without the bad you know what i'm right. saying so it's like sometimes those the things that they're dealing with in their head helps them create the most beautiful things you know Thanks. so i i think i don't know that's that's the way i like to look at it at least yeah. <laughs> it's, no it's the yin and the yang man like like, yeah. like what you're saying about life like i was just talking to my girlfriend yesterday like there's so much gnarly shit that has happened and her life, our lives, like it, there's so much bad shit out there, but it's balanced out by the beauty of, you know, art or the beauty of a passionate, you know, video part, <clears throat> which is 100%. I mean, it's, and yeah, you don't get Dakota Roche without a little bit of social, or not social anxiety, but OC, OCD. And, <laughs> <Yeah. you know. laughs> I guess so, man. I'm, I'm, that's, I, I'm trying to be more accepting of, of my downsides and things I struggle with because I don't know if, I don't, I wouldn't be who I am without them. Let's, let's put it that way. Exactly. So and you're a hell of a, hell of a role model for, for people. Thanks, um, dude. All right. So I brought up the nose mail in low tech Vancouver. And if anybody's my age or, I mean, low tech Vancouver is so iconic. I think everybody knows, but I dude, that. So like I'm in high school, maybe junior year, fresh senior year in the computer lab, look going on video.google.com and watching low tech Vancouver over and over and over and over again. And, uh, I thought like, it's just so cool to talk to you. Cause you know, that, that nose manual sticks in my head. 
can you tell me just a quick brief story about that day doing that nose mayo like i think ian schwartz was you know, there or talking about it like and yeah, yeah that leads me to ask like what's it like hanging out on a trip with ian um yeah yeah dude so i was so freaking nervous for that trip bro like literally like i i mean i had like met like d Hart and hawk like a few times but there was so many including them so many heavy hitters on the trip that like i was like there's no way i fit in with these people like i didn't believe that i can i was so i'd filled with self-doubt leading up to that trip i was like this is insane like but i'm gonna try you know what i mean and uh yeah so i guess the nose manual in particular finding something that like I was like, Hey, like I'm think I actually wasn't even sure if I could do it. Cause I'd like, I had never done a nose manual that long before, even though I'd been like at that time, people weren't able to just like lock in and they just were drive not, it as long no. as they want. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's the other thing is like at that time I hadn't seen a whole lot of like proof that you can go super far. I know right. there was, there was people pushing it. Like I'd say for me, like, you know, like, Stephen Hamilton, huge, oh, like yeah. hugely influential in wanting to learn that Bob Sherbo, uh, fish member, uh, yeah. Do you know any? Yeah. Yeah. So fish, fish was like, there was one in voices too. Uh, home was it Joe Cox oh, or Dan Cox? There was, yes. one, they were doing early nose males too. And I was like, yeah, that's, dude, yeah. like that one he did was like at the time was probably the longest. Yeah. Seen. Yeah. I, I can see it in my head right now. His head's bobbing like a chicken. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, I, to be honest, like when I would do nose manuals, I didn't figure out any sort of strategy at that point. I was just like, I'm going to jump in and hope for the best, you know? So it's like, I think even that one, I don't really pump that much. I still no, don't. I'm yeah. still like, bro, I have a hard time with that trick still to this day. I'm like, <laughs> I can do them, but I can't, I still can't drive it long. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, I kind of fudge it. I'm like, Oh, I'll do it out of a rail instead that has a 10 foot manual pad out of it. So yeah. And just like know hit the I... balance point for a second and then yes. we're good, you know? <laughs> yeah. Lock it in. Yeah. Um, so I think even that one, it was just like, I just kept diving into it and I started getting close and I was like, okay, like, I think it's possible. The one I landed, I, I still like when I rode away, I still didn't realize that I, that I did it at that point. I was like, Oh, I didn't tag or anything. I pulled it. This is crazy. And it was like, I, I guess I felt like I felt really accomplished because I was on this trip with all these dudes doing the gnarliest stuff and like some of the steeziest dudes. And I like, that still, that still wasn't enough to make me believe in myself to be on that trip. Like I was good enough, but I was like, all right, at least I got something. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. I, I, I had something for this trip. Thank God. So, um, <laughs> yeah, but no, that like, I, I owe, I owe a lot to rich and him getting me on that trip and via uh, AOL instant messenger. No, correct. Dude, correct. That's so crazy. <laughs> yeah. His dude and his screen name was like camofornia or something. So it was like, it didn't even say like rich Hirsch. So I was like, this dude's like messing with me, bro. Who is this guy? Yeah. You know? So, uh, yeah, no, it was, um, 
that was a, that was a very special time and i i really appreciate those memories yeah. yeah the the soundtrack is in my head right now while you're talking i'm hearing no plane well you know a place where no <laughs> yeah, ships <yeah>. go <laughs> are they that... still around uh What's Who's, who sings that? I don't know. We know a place uh, where, no, where no cars go. Yeah. Uh, no planes go. Arcade Fire. Yeah, Arcade Fire. Yeah, yep. that, Arcade Fire. Man. Rich Hirsch, dude. I assume he's he edited that one, right? He did. Yeah. Yeah. His taste, yeah. like Mosh So Freestyle, Low Tech Vancouver, the Low Tech mixtape. Like, there's something special about that dude's brain. Do you know? Hundred percent. Have you talked to him lately? Do you know what's what he's been up to? I haven't. No, I haven't talked to him in a while. Um, I was seeing him around Long Beach for a little bit there, like a few years back, like when he lived there. I'm not sure if he even lives there anymore, though. So, yeah, I haven't heard much He's from him. He's a man him. of mystery. Like when I was out there, I was staying at the house that Adam and Rich also lived in, and I th there were other people living there too, but Rich was just a mysterious, quiet, kept to himself in his room type type dude. Mm -hmm. You never know. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. And then I also learned that you had never put together like a web video or anything until Ride Insight, which is yes. pretty fucking nuts. Um, how did that how did that come up? Like, how did you get invited to have a section in Insight? <laughs> Dude, like, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. Um, I feel like my memories from that era of life are even more like vivid and vibrant than these days. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> I could talk about, I could talk about 2007 to 2012, like it was yesterday, but, um, yeah. So I, I was riding a lot with like Kurt Rasmussen mm -hmm. and, um, he was filming for Navaz's video left, right. And, mm -hmm. uh, I, when I, um, moved back to California, when I, after I was living in, in Washington for about a year and a half, I, uh, I started just going out while they were filming and riding and stuff and started filming with Navaz like during that time. And maybe even a little bit before that, I think I might've, before I even moved back to California, I was filming with him when I would like visit or, um, I think he came up to the Northwest one time and he was with like Dean Dickinson and Kurt and stuff. So OG like, days. How did, OG so like, days. did you geek out when you first met Navaz or did you like not know who he was or? Oh yeah. I geeked out for sure. I was a huge no. fan of standpoint and stuff. Like yeah. it was like, you know, probably from like around 2002, 2003, I started hearing about him and his video work. And, um, yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy. Like getting involved. I was like, I was still, I was pretty mind blown at that time. And, maybe about 2005, 2006, when I, when I met him and started filming with him, it was like, it was pretty special. Yeah. I love those so. feelings of just like the first time you meet, you know, your BMX, like, I don't know, this is like mine for me, it was Drew Hosselton. Like I, I watched oh, yeah. videos of him and then I find, I wound, I wound up at Beardsley Banks and Drew's on the other side of the, and I'm just tripping the fuck out. I'm, it's my 16th birthday actually. And then when I, I talked to my friend Jimmy. I was like, is that Drew Hosselton? And he was like, yeah, dude. And then like broke the ice and talked to shit. And Drew's like pretty dry humor. And so he, <laughs> I, I, Jimmy told me, say, uh, hey, Drew, you suck. And I'm young and I'm just like, okay. And I said, hey, Drew, you suck. And then Drew's like, 
Hmm? <laughs> we did. It's not funny, not cool, and blew it. But I got to meet Drew Hosselton. So I just Sick. just being young and you know that's that's one of my favorite uh, things to like hear from people is like who was your first like geeking out. So we'll get back to insight. Who was your first pro pro rider or BMX dude that you geeked out on meeting? Do you have Do you have one of those memories? Oh yeah, I have. I have plenty. Um, they date back pretty far though, because like I grew up in Huntington Beach, so I was around like I grew up riding dirt jumps, like sheep hills, and uh, I would see like Brian Foster, Corey Nastasio, uh, Robbie Miranda. Uh, like, you know, tapping into like, oh, and then like, I'd say probably Sean Butler was the first dude that like, Ooh. really, I was like, dude, that's Butler. This is insane. Like, and he was so freaking cool early on. Like I, he gave me a pair of like ODI grips and was like, always like, I don't know, super down and super cool. So um, I would say from a young age, that was my first geek out. And then how old were you? Life, like ballpark 13, 12, 10? No. Yeah, Younger? like 11, 11 or 12. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And get, uh, correct me, Sean Butler is the one who did like a 180 and shot a gun in the air at the same time, no? No, no, that's uh, Jason Levy. <laughs> oh, I'm tripping, okay. <laughs> yeah, Sean, Sean Butler uh, was, um, he wrote for SNM back in the day, um, Dirt Jumper. He had like really good 360 tables. Uh, um, Try to think what else, how else you would, he had like a part in like SM4 and always he wrote in like X Games Dirt and um just OG Huntington Big dude name. that was super sick. Yeah. Yeah. He was in dude, he's in I, Dave like Mira. A, I know, yeah, I know it's like a, I feel like an idiot right now for not knowing, you know, who he is, but all right. Yeah, okay. I got you. Yeah, he's sick. I see. He's him. sick. Yes. So so anyway. that was that was my <laughs> first, like I would say bmxer that i saw that was like whoa dude like i can't believe that's sean butler and even though he lived in huntington and i lived there too that was like i don't know i was pretty blown away but then i would say in the next chapter of my riding where i was like i started like meeting more people and stuff like at this point i i knew like you know robbie morales and stuff maybe when i was like i think this was probably about when i was like 14 or 15 met mike aiken and i was like oh yeah dude i just couldn't believe it man i still like even when i say his name that dude like it's just he is he is so special and what he's done for bmx is like he changed everything in my mind you know what i mean it was just like applying like so much more style and so much more flavor to something it's just like it's it's like memories that i can't erase and like an impact that i can never deny its importance what was the first time you saw him in person or where uh it was at i believe it was at um epic bmx shop and it was at the um fit barcelona video premiere that they had at the bike shop um yeah so it was just like that was crazy. That's when like a bunch of random people would show up to these like video premieres. Like I, I think like, gosh, like who else was there? I don't know. Anyways, 
that's you a separate grew, you story. did grow up in like the you know the the heart of bmx freestyle almost you know like yeah yeah, yeah. you've been there okay yeah i know i'm i'm so thankful for it too i think back on it i'm like dude i wouldn't trade where i grew up when i did for anything at all like it was just like such a cool era and cool place to be yeah. so yeah all right one more tangent before we get back to riot insight is what, cool. what was like what i mean what family like did did you grow up with both your parents and all that or you got siblings like what what's your like what was your upbringing like in huntington beach yeah um so yeah both parents um grew up in an apartment lived there for 17 years um i have two older siblings brother and a sister my brother is probably like one of my biggest influences in life even to this day i just like he's like he's just such a solid dude i'm so thankful that i have him um he's who got me into skateboarding at three years old that's he, awesome how much older yeah, is he than you dude he's 13 years older than me so oh, so his 16 year old getting his three three year old brother on a skateboard that's so sick oh exactly that's so sick dude yeah and like he was always like building ramps and skating this like we had like a like a sidewalk bump with a fire hydrant in front of our place and he'd always like they'd ollie over it and like dude this was like he grew up skating with like some of the most like iconic skateboarders like ed templeton uh mark gonzalez so it's like you know i don't know how much you know about skateboarding but i, like know, that, I know the name guns the good mark yeah, gonzalez yeah there you go so it's like these are like very iconic people so my grew up or sorry my brother grew up in that era of time and skated with those people so they, they'd always be around our house and i'm just like this literally just a little kid like you a, don't even know like yeah yeah a toddler <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i think back on it i'm like wow that's so cool that i got to be around that even though there's no way i could ever remember but um yeah so uh yeah so he he really helped pave the way for me you know like with skateboarding and then turning it into bmx and uh did he yeah, so, did he do the so like um the, the partying and the waking up early, like not partying, not, not drinking, not doing drugs and waking up early and feeling good. Did he have an influence on that for you? Cause I know that that's your, I don't know if I've said this already. I feel like I'm mixing. Yeah. I just listened to the other podcast. So did I already say no. that you don't party and you wake, like waking up early? Yeah. Yeah. You, did good? Bring okay. that, you cool. brought it up. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. no, we could talk about it. So yeah, a hundred percent. Like he, he had a, he had like a drive that I was really attracted to. It was like, you know, he hustled, he worked, he skated. He was like kind of, even to this day, like he's like, so like, like not that he, he can't sit still. He likes doing things though. And he really appreciates like life and appreciate. He still skateboards. He hunts, he bow hunts. He's like, so him and I like relate a lot on, on that aspect these days too. Cause it's like, we talk about the similarities cause it's like, dude, he's like going out and like spot searching, like essentially like when he's out yeah. bow hunting, setting up trail cameras, like, um, and then like, also he's finding me spots. He's like, dude, I saw this thing and like sending me photos. So it's like, it's such a cool like relationship, but yeah, to answer your question, it's, he's kind of always had that drive. So it's like, he wasn't ever like really a partier or, uh, he didn't let anything like that really interfere with the things that he cared about and loved. So I think like that's a dope example, that, dude. 
That's so sick yeah. to have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I'm so thankful to have that. And same thing, like my parents, like very like, you know, straight lace supportive people. So it was like, I also didn't want to really let them down because it was like having, having parents that supported me with BMX, even from an early age and like being, allowing me to do that as long as I was like, yeah, if you're not, if you're not fucking up in school or you're not like, right. You know, doing dumb things, you can keep doing this as much as you want. We don't care. Like very supportive. So it was cool. So it was like, I was like, Oh yeah, all I have to do is like pass my classes and I could keep doing this. And like, this is awesome, you know? So what, what so, was yeah. it like being able to say like, Hey mom and dad, I got sponsored. Like what was your first sponsor? Well, low tech Robbie. No, Robbie no. hooked me up with fit stuff before that. But like my first, yeah, I was on fit flow. I'd say it was like my first okay. official sponsor. Uh, and that was in 2005, I believe I was still in high school. Yeah. Um, were you giddy with excitement? Oh yeah. Are you kidding me, dude? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, you know, that, um, and then the low tech thing stacked on top of that. And I was like, Oh my, like, yo, I, I like have sponsors, you know? And like, it was like crazy, <laughs> dude. I was tripping like, um, because like, yeah, I were, uh, you know, I'm not trying to demean my work or anything like that. I really, and, and, but I really enjoyed it, but like, it wasn't something that like, I, it wasn't something that I like expected or I didn't think it was going to be like, I didn't take it for granted. You know what I mean? I was like very thankful and I still am. And again, I'm not trying to like put down my hard work to get to this place, but it wasn't like, like for instance, dude, when I was in high school, when I was a senior, I fully had plans of like, I was going to go to film school like after, or like at least start go to community college and take some classes to get to a point where I could learn more about video work. Cause I really enjoyed that. But being a pro bike rider, even even when I was like 18, it didn't really seem achievable. You know what I mean? It didn't yeah. seem like I loved it. And I, and, um, I was thankful people saw something in me, but I didn't really see it turning into this. No way, dude. No way. Yeah. So that's amazing. So yeah. It's, it's still mind blowing. dude. <laughs> <laughs> what, what made you get interested in filmmaking and wanting to go to school for that? Cause that's like, First, you are, I think, one of the best filmers who nobody thinks of as a filmer. Like you, <laughs> like you, had, you trained Vish on how to be a better filmer, and the, like, I, I think you know exactly what you're doing behind the lens of a camera, whether it's HD or on a VX. Um, yeah, you're a sleeper, one of the best filmers in the game. It's <laughs> crazy. Thank you, thank yeah. you. I don't know, man. I think like, just, uh. I would say in around 2003, 2004, me and my friends, including Kurt Rasmussen and a bunch of other locals started like filming like a local video in Orange County, you know? So it was like, I was learning cameras at that time and I was getting the same feeling as I filming as I was riding. It was like, yo, like yeah. I'm, I, I feel this passion about it. You know what I mean? So it was like, this is really cool. And then that feeling of like, someone doing a trick and you filming it well is like, dude, this is awesome. Like it's like such a team effort and it yep. 
and it's it's special you know it's super um, so bonding dude like if you get bonding. a good clip and you film filmed well like you'll never forget that moment for the rest of your life it's amazing yeah 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 so i was getting that feeling and then like um i think what also elevated it was so like we didn't talk about this too much but grew up in huntington beach until i was 17 lived in the same place and then my parents kind of had a change of heart and didn't want to live in california anymore so they moved to Washington when I was 17 and I had to go with them because I was still in high school. When I went up there, I was like, dude, I don't really want to like, I'm a junior. Yeah. I was a junior at the time. And I was like, I don't really want to like go to school and like make new friends and everything. I'm like, I love California. So I'm just going to go up there and graduate and get back down there as quick as I can. You know what I mean? So (laughs) I ended up uh, going up there and going to like an alternative school. Um, and they, it was pretty cool because it was for people that I guess I wasn't one of them, but like people that really didn't like paying attention in school, like I actually didn't mind school, but I didn't want to go through this whole thing in another state that I didn't care about. So, uh, so my parents allowed me to, uh, apply for some alternative school and yeah, I got in and, uh, basically they allow, they, they allow you to do things you're passionate about. So one of my classes was like, it was like an elective, but you get to almost like work with the teacher to figure out what that meant. So for me, it was like, I want to get better at like filming and editing and stuff like that, you know? So they're like, okay, cool. Um, Well, we don't have any teachers that can teach you those things, but like you're welcome to use our computers and our editing software and kind of figure it out kind of thing. So essentially, yeah, my, my parents bought me my first three chip camera. Um, it was like 500 bucks. It was like a little Panasonic. And yeah. then I got the, um, off Kurt Rasmussen, actually, I bought the baby death lens. Nice. And so I had the, I had this little Panasonic with the baby death and with the people that I met up in Washington and that I was riding with, I started filming them and they were filming me. So then, um, again, taking what I had learned from living in California and filming with my friends around there, I was doing that up in Washington. And then my like project was to film and edit a little video that I could show the school, you know? Man, why can't, why is that alternative school? That should just be school. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, That's what I, I, I agree so much. It's like, I've heard people say this before. It's like, dude, your kid probably doesn't have like, clinical ADD they're probably right. just not they probably just don't feel like learning about something that doesn't really apply to their life you know yep. so it's like exactly if you provide more opportunities for like trades and things that people care about they're probably going to pay way more attention you 100%. know so so yeah that was that was an incredible opportunity I'm curious about what software you were editing on back then uh it was um so it was uh final cut express i believe nice yeah Sick. so it was yeah. like actually like pretty good software yeah you know that's great so yeah I, I learned i basically learned that myself like by myself had to teach myself that how to um, log the tapes mini dv tapes and then label the clips and put them in yeah put them in a project and yeah put it, put it together slap a song on and then yep. just to go yep. are any of these old videos online like the the scene video you were talking about from uh, with like Kurt, and yeah. All that. So so what are they I don't called? Know if, 
Okay, so I don't know if the entire video, I don't know if its entirety is online, but on Vimeo, my part is on there. I believe Kurt Rasmussen's part's on there. And Vish also has a half part in there. Um, and I believe he's the one that uploaded it. So nice. Uh, but it's called it's called MCC Gopher Broke. Dope. <laughs> so I, I don't know. You guys could try and tap in and, and figure out if it's still floating around there. But um, so yeah, uh, that was that was the start for me for Amazing. sure for video yeah. stuff. Yeah. And then yeah. I mean, I'm, that's just like it goes hand in hand with what you've been doing for the past twenty five. <laughs> 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 37 49 years of being a professional you're amazing yeah yeah thank you thank you <laughs> all right thank so you. wrangle the conversation back to meeting you met navaz then you're hanging out with him and filming did you and then was there like a because like bmx is so informal but at this ride bmx insight was like a project that was you know for ride bmx and done by navaz one of the goats or if not the goat of filming in bmx like had was it like you got a clip with him and then he's like, Oh, you know what? You should have a section or how did it start? Yeah. So I think, I think I like was going to start trailing into that, but I kind of like lost my train of thought. But uh, basically when I was hanging out with him and Kurt Rasmussen, when they were working on left, right. Um, I started getting clips with him for that video. And I think when he ended up getting the job at ride at ride BMX at the time, it was in, um, they gave him the that. opportunity Navaz was working for ride BMX. Yes. Okay. Yes. So okay. he got the job and that was essentially the job was to make that video, you know? What so sick ass job, dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like he had like a list of people he wanted to be involved with the video or have parts in the video. And, uh, he had brought it up to me because, um, he was like, Hey, like, you know, we've filmed some stuff for left ride or whatever. Like it'd be sick if you wanted to film a part for this. And I was like, dude, yes. Are you kidding me? And I was like, I was like hungry at that time. I was like, dude, I'm down for this. Like I had like yes. tricks that I wanted to do, spots I wanted to hit. Like I was like, I'm ready for it, dude. Like so amped. And um, I think it was, it was kind of a little bit hard for him to convince the people at Ride at the time to um, let me to have let a this young, this long, young little kid named Dakota. Yeah. <laughs> and rightfully so, dude. I yeah. didn't have credentials. I was just like, just I don't know I, I guess I was like new to the scene at that point and it's like I think maybe they wanted more established people which I freaking totally understand right I'm, yeah yeah so it's like it was like it's a risk like, oh dang yeah but yeah th they were down and I started filming apart so you knocked it um, out of the park dude <laughs> thank you I, I, when I heard that that was your first like full part I was like get the fuck out of here it's like, <laughs> it's like veteran spot use and trick it, everything is beautiful thank you man. Well, that's the thing. It's like, I was so obsessed with like videos and video parts growing up that like, that was the framework for me. You know, it was like, I saw what it took from an early age to put out something that was good or something that someone could look at and be proud of. Like, you know, like watching, like, I'd say one of the turning points for me was like, can I eat, you know, this like yes. animal video, all street, like, so much flavor and power and it was filmed well, it was edited well, the writing was great. It was like, I got so much inspiration from that and I saw what, you know, it, it allowed me to see what it took to, to have that. And then 
I started applying that same as here. soon as I can I eat specifically yes. like, like changed my life. I was like, Oh yes. my God, this is what yes. I want to do. It's so sick. Yes. <laughs> yes. I agree. Yeah. So what happens after your insight part? I mean, that makes a big splash. Um, I imagine then what's the next, like, yeah. dude, you've done, you've done so much. We, we can go over your whole discography, but, uh, like <laughs> I, I am curious about like the next steps after ride BMX insight, what happened after that? for you yeah so during the filming of insight is when i like turned pro um so i was like am for the first let's see started filming probably like the very end of 2000 gosh it came out in 2008 so the very end of 2006 is when i started filming for it uh fresh out of high school freshly moved back to california um and then yeah in 2000 so yeah middle of 2007 is when i turned pro so like i'd been filming for like about six months for it and then i got the bump on fit turned pro on fit and then why uh, why do you think you got the bump like because you know what i mean like it's yeah a lot of people um, can just be stuck on am forever and never get the bump like and how did that happen for you was there a catalyst? Mm, no, I think Robbie had brought it up to me like during, I would say like at least like six months or a year before it happened. He's like, hey, like, you know, like we like what you're doing, like keep working at it. Like you probably get the bump kind of thing, you know, like gave me the opportunity. Robbie yeah. gave me the opportunity. And told you it was possible, um, you know, it like, was possible. A little carrot so, on a stick. Yeah. 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 And that's all I needed. Cause like, I had footage in fit life as well, which came out before yes. that. Um, so it was like, I had already been like working towards things, but not to that level. You know what I mean? I was just like, I'm, I'm doing my thing. And I hope like, I don't know. I don't even know what I thought. I was just like, I'm just doing my thing. I wasn't even thinking past that. Yeah. You know, yeah. so. O OCD on just the yeah. index, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, yeah. So I got the bump because I think Robbie maybe had like, he'd been out on sessions and like seen that I was working on this mm -hmm. part. And, um, it like, I guess to them it made sense and I'm super grateful for it. But then like, it was crazy how right after that, a lot of things started happening. It was like, then I got on Primo and then I went on this, uh, Primo trip to Toronto. Um, and I was on am for Primo and then I was on that trip. I got bumped up to pro on low tech. And then when I got home from that trip, I turned pro on Primo. So within like three months, I Man, turned pro, 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 on, pro, pro, pro. Yep. Pro <laughs> on three companies. And I was like, Yo, what is happening? Like, I was like, you know, and it's like, it's not like, it's not like all of a sudden money was getting thrown at like a lot of money, but some money was getting thrown at me. Yeah. It was like, whatever, a couple hundred bucks. And I was like, dude, I'm making money riding a bike. This is like, I was so mind blown, dude. And I was like, it was like, it was also like kind of a difficult time though, because that was also around the time that a lot of my friends that I grew up riding with were getting out of BMX. So it's like, yeah, things are working out for me. And then all my friends that I really cared about riding with were like, kind of like, I'm gonna go work like, on cars, dude. Yeah. You know? Doing other things. And yeah. I was like, no, like, so it was like kind of a strange transition period because it was like 
so much good, but also some like bad came with it as with most, most things in life. So, um, it allowed, it, it was cool though. Cause at least I had that to focus on. I was like, well, like I care about this. I'm traveling, I'm filming video parts. Oh. And then also during that time line within that three months is when Corey Martinez asked me to be on Levi's as well. Wow. So, so I was on flow for <laughs> Levi's. And I was like, dude, like, how is all this happening? You know, like, this is just like, I remember all this shit too. Like, right. Like, I don't know what the, what the phrase is. I remember all this very clearly. Like I remember. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing, man. That's cool to hear. And just that, that note, just real quick, the, like getting to the point where your friends who you love riding with all kind of fade out. I think that's something that like anybody above 21 that still rides has that, like can relate to that. Like, yeah, I have my buddies that I grew up riding with that I would like, you know, I'd, I'd pay all my life savings just to have another session, like, like the good old days, you know, like, yes, yes. Enjoy them while they're happening because they get, before you even know it, they get taken away from you and it sucks. You know, yeah. it's like, it's like, you think about it. You're like, I wish I would have known that was the last session with everybody. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> would have like had a barbecue or something, dude. I don't know. But, um, yeah. So, but, uh, yeah. So then insight came out. And I had a part in it and, um, so hold on, let's recap. We okay. started, you started filming insight and then you're yeah. on fit am, and you get a bump to pro and then you get on primo am, and then you get bumped to pro and then you're on low tech bump to pro and then yeah. you get on Levi's before insights even done filming. Yes. That's fucking amazing. <laughs> what, a, yeah. what a couple of years. How long was this window of filming for insight? like one year, a little over a year. That's fucking insane. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Carry on. Yeah. So it was like, life was like really changing drastically during the filming of it. Yeah. You know? So, um, it was just crazy, dude. It was such a crazy time. Uh, but then following that, it was like, that's when traveling really started happening for me. It was like, Oh, you're going to Brighton, England. Oh, you're going to, <laughs> Brian to, ain't ready uh, too, man. Yeah, God, Brian dude. ain't ready. Yeah. Uh, Germany, like literally, like I was like, dude, like it it feels like stuff happened in it, it I guess it did happen in a short amount of time, but it was like I was like, how it's <laughs> just like a whirlwind, you know, that first yeah. year or two was such a whirlwind. So yeah, I don't know, man. Things like things just happened and I just kept I just tried to keep at it, you know. Yeah. Um, I do want to talk about the mindset of keeping at it, but let's, uh-huh. let's linger on Levi's for a second. Like, do you know the behind the scenes of like why they got out? What, like, how did, how, how did it even start? Like, I'm sure, mm. you know, you were inside it, insider info, but it felt like they came in, they were like, let's do, let's, let's try marketing and BMX and see if it works. And then a couple of years later, Hey, it looks like it's not working. Let's pull out. Is that mm-hmm. kind of how it went down? Do you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, I feel like corporate companies tend to do that, you know, like bigger companies, um, where it's like they dabble in something and think about all the companies that have come and gone over the years. Like you see, like somebody has like a beef jerky sticker on their bike or whatever for two years. And then you never hear about it again. You know, it's like, I park Franks. Are they still going? Oh yeah. That too. That too. That too. I don't know if they sponsor anybody anymore. Is Spinner still on? I don't know, but he was no. who I was thinking about because he had that yeah. backyard and all that. Anyway, go on. Yeah. <laughs> so I think 
unfortunately that was one of them, even though the program was so sick. And I think, I think it did do a lot of good. I mean, I saw like kids at the skate park wearing like the big Levi shirt because it's yeah, like, cause it was sick, dude. They can get that shirt though, too. It was like, they can go to Mervyn's or the mall and they can get the Levi's red tab shirt that all of us were wearing. And uh, yeah. So my understanding is like, it was, you know, they had like Corey, Anthony Napolitan, Jamie Bestwick. And I want to say, I'm sorry if I'm forgetting, there's one other was Nathan on it. Was, yes. Oh. But like, these were like the early. Yeah. Uh, oh, dude. There Kevin was, started with four. Kevin. No. Hang five guy. What's I don't. <clears throat> I'm trying to remember too. Cause this is like, I was, you know, 17 or 18 years old when this team was going. Yeah. There oh, was one Kyle? Other dude. Is there Kyle Walker? Oh, uh, so no, so um, Brett Walker. Yeah. Brett Walker. Okay. He's sick. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Brett yeah. Walker, for fucking your name up yeah. right now. <laughs> no, he's super sick. Yeah. Uh, no, there was like there was four riders for the first like year or two that rode for Levi's, and then those four got to pick two flow dudes. So okay. yeah, I remember. Cor- yeah, so Corey picked me and Nathan. So. Um, that's kind of how that all happened, you know, that like trio, so to speak. My Pretty damn good trio. Some of my some of my best friends in the world still. I freaking love those dudes. Um yeah. uh rode with them this weekend actually. Hell good, yeah. Good people. Um but yeah, so I think that 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 was cool because it was like that model was really it was impressive that a corporate company allowed that to happen. It was like, Hey, you guys pick two dudes you think should be on the team. And then it went on for like three more years. I think I, I think I was on for four years total, three or four years total, but like, um, yeah, it was, it was cool. It was a good time. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what else to say about That's it. pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Had you met like, I'm wondering how you met Nathan Williams when, what was your first time interacting with him? I met Nathan Williams, like while I was filming for, um, insight, like he came out, Corey had brought him up to Navaz and was like, Hey dude, this dude's like super sick. Like you should probably like see if he can get involved in the video in some way, you know, like maybe like have some clips in the friend section or whatever. So Nathan ended up, flying out and staying with navaz who lived with fat tony at the time oh I fat believe. tony good old fat yeah. tony yeah fat tony so so nathan was staying there and was like going out riding and filming with us and then like i think he also like went and like shot photos with fat tony for like ride bmx like for their online content uh before online content was even really a thing um yeah yeah so i met him uh yeah in around early 2007 yeah and then after that him and i went on the primo trip together with Corey, which was in like june of 2007 so uh it went from like meeting him to like traveling with him and then like doing a bunch of trips with him in a really short amount of time yeah i'm trying to remember like the logo of primo back in that era and i can't (laughs) primo has changed a lot I know, I know. Uh, that logo during that time was like kind of this like I couldn't even explain it, man. I I I don't think they were using that like hexagon with like the 
the right like, yeah, yeah yeah the little bird or whatever is what was it i think it was some sort of like lion or a tiger or something yeah. i don't know <laughs> some whatever mythical it was creature yeah mythical creature. <laughs> they weren't using that it was just it just said primo i think they were trying to oh dude it was like very simple just primo like outlines very okay. simple nice yeah yeah but um yeah that's that <laughs> that is that <laughs> yeah man all right so um after insight what was your what was your next part did you answer that i think bright Nate ready was the next like part but then like the next thing that i was like really filming for was oh the levi's video as well um uh, yeah where me Corey, and nathan had a split part but during that time i started also filming for maybe stay fit sick yeah Stay fit is the one with the puddle 180. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> my, my most iconic crash. It is. But yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm glad it happened. It sucked. It sucked that day, but I'm, I'm glad I have that for, for the, uh, the old memory book. It's like it's imprinted into my brain and I'm sure so many people, so many other people's brains. Oh yeah. It's, it's people bring it up to me all the time still like kids that I meet and stuff. Yo, remember that time you fell in the puddle? Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude, I'm glad that's what you remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all good. It's all good. It's funny but, how shit um, like that works. Oh, I know, but that's the thing. It's like people don't realize having, yeah, they suck at the time, but it also helps you overall. You know what I mean? Because it's yep. like they remember that, but then like they tap into other things because of that, maybe. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, yeah. I feel like sometimes I've filmed it, crashes where I'm like, dude, this is a good clip. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, someone put that in my mind. I think Jeff Raleigh, uh, at pro skateboard, he, he said that he's like, he's like a good slam is still a good clip. And I'm like, yeah, I guess you're right, dude. Like it kind of works like that. You know, it's like, you don't want to only see people land everything, dude. You want to see like a good slam here and there as long For as they're real. okay. Some yeah. of the most like engaging videos that I scroll on is like, if you see somebody, if you just see somebody land a trick right away, it's like, okay, cool. And then you keep scrolling. But if you see like them come close or like the, the whole process, like you see five or six or seven attempts and they screaming and then they finally land it like that, you get to go on that emotional yeah. coaster as a viewer, which is, you know, I think important. Oh, I can't wait for people to see my behind the scenes slam outtake section for my Vans part I'm working on, dude. That's I've been... I've been hitting the ground for that part, dude. Like, <laughs> I've had some slams for that part. So yeah, you were talking about be... that in the No Jumper interview, and you filmed yeah. it with Calvin, and you're excited for it to come out. And then I quickly was like, "Did I fucking miss a Dakota Vans part?" And it's just no. not out yet, right? Yeah, March. It comes out in March. I'm filming until I'm actually really thankful because, like, I haven't had the opportunity to really just like hone in and focus on one project for you know, a solid year and some change for, I can't remember the last time that I was able to do that. And I've been able to do that with this part. So it's like, that's great. Putting ev everything I have into it. Like, really, I want, I want this to be like something that I'm proud Magnus of. Magnus Opal. Is that the term? <laughs> have you heard that before? Uh, no. Magnus what Opal? is that? Ma I'll have to Google it. Magnus Opal. I think it's masterpiece. Magnus Opal. Op opus. Magnus Opus. That's a cool word. Magnum opus. Yeah, the greatest achievement of an artist. Oh, geez. 
Yeah, that's. I, I hope. I mean, I hope I can live up to that. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try really hard. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's it's been good being able to just like really have that. Like to, to I don't know. It's like it keeps me up at night sometimes, but it also <laughs> allows me to sleep good other nights. So yeah, I love it's that. the balance. What's yeah. it been like uh, working with Calvin? I love that dude so much. He's such a solid human being. Like Ripper at BMX, Ripper at filming. Ripper at BMX. Just yeah, yeah. He's got that like button, the savage button. I'm just like, okay, I'm gonna do this, and then he does it. Yeah, pretty magic. Yeah, he he's you know he's a stylish dude as well. So it's like I feel like I don't know. I gravitate towards people like that because I'm like, yo, like you not only care about like the trick, but you care about how it looks. So it's like that works that, I don't know, that allows me to trust him way more too when we're out filming. Cause it's like, dude, you know the deal. Like it's like you, you're an incredible bike rider. You're an incredible filmer and you care about style. That's like all the things, those are like some of the things I value the most in BMX. So it's like- Biggest ingredients. A hundred percent. So it's like, yeah, like it's it's incredible to work with him, and he's he's down, he's in it. Um, so between the two of you, if anybody knows what's good in BMX, it's fucking Calvin and Dakota. That's that's <laughs> magical, man. And speaking of style, thankful. your style has kind of like evolved over the years. From I mean, everybody's style in BMX has evolved over the years. From the skinny jeans era with the slam seat, and then the 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 shirt tucking era Mm -hmm. i I think we're still in are you still tucking your shirt in (laughs) yeah yeah we're still in that era yeah (laughs) it's a good era dude it's a good look i love it it's like fashion is cyclical it's interesting to to see what do you think is next fashion wise pants are getting real big i mean they're getting big huh yeah mine still aren't that big um maybe i might step them up a little bit but I can't i can't change my style up in the middle of a video (laughs) (laughs) Imagine doing skinny jeans and half the part and then some like parachute pants in the other half. No. um, You mean uh, Vans, right? What's that? You mean Vans video part, right? Yeah, my Vans part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. What did I say? Fit. No, I didn't. I I could be mishearing, but I think you said fit. Oh, she's (laughs) maybe. Yeah, but anyways. in the middle of um, a video part, period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the middle of of any part. Um. But yeah, so yeah, uh, next for s- clothing style for me, I don't know. I kind of just look like, to the youth. What are the kids wearing? And then it kind of like spreads yeah, from there, no? Some of the stuff's a little too crazy for me, though. But yeah, I, I, some people look re- like, I feel like some people like maybe it might sound kind of crazy, but like it works really well for them. You know what I mean? It's like, I appreciate, I don't know. That's why like, I hate to like, you know, bring up skateboarding and use that as like our beacon. Cause I don't want that to be the case, but it's like, I also think that skateboarders are pretty on time and on par with like fashion. So it's like, you see what they're wearing and it's like, I don't know. I've, I, I can't deny like skateboarders have influenced my clothing style quite a bit, yeah. I think. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I watch like, I don't know, kid I never heard of. And he's like, I'm like, dude, that like, not only does this kid rip, but his style is sick. Like at age 16, like his clothing looks good, you know? Yeah. So it's like, I think it's important. You know, I think it's I like, agree. you got to have like the whole, 
the whole, especially these days, dude, it's like, you can have all the tricks in the world, but if you look like a wet noodle flopping around, no one's really going to care that much, you know? Yeah, for real. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. I, I lost my train of thought on the cabin. So like, I was, oh, okay. So we were, t- so like, we're talking about the ingredients of a good video. And you mentioned in the other interview that like, it's not about just the trick. It's, it's about spot use. And that made me want to ask you, like, who do you think, Nick, give me three of your favorite riders for spot use like mm. not necessarily you know you know what i'm you, you you already know what i'm asking like absolutely yeah, yeah. we're the best spot users or give me a couple kind of kind of might be hard to just like narrow it down in such a small focus area but it's like i don't know i feel like ty morrow does a good job of using spots correctly i really yeah appreciate and respect his riding um who else ak alex kennedy like just early on like when i first met him from you know from the day i met him i was like oh this dude has like so much flavor and has the eye for doing the right thing at the right spot you know it's so important it's so yeah it seems like he's got a, like a really big brain. Like he's, he's a oh. smart, smart, smart cat. I always, I always joke that like, bro, I'm like, one day I'm going to be like hanging out and you're going to like literally like fly up on a magic carpet. You're so like <laughs> mystical. Like it's yeah. like he has something. He literally is probably going to learn how to fly or something. Like it's just <laughs> like, so like, yeah, iconic and mystical. Um, let's see who else uses spots. Uh, dude there's so many i almost really feel are. bad I almost <laughs> like feel... naming a couple <laughs> yeah drew drew was always my favorite for oh dude use. he was a drew spot Hustleton. dude for sure yeah. for Big sure yeah i think a lot of the the east coast dudes um yeah. really uh they really showed me the light on using spots it's like mm-hmm you don't just jump down the stairs. You see the slant wall and the rail right there. You got to do something with that and that. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Bob Sherbo, I really like the way he would like look at spots and Agreed. Um, yeah, configure things based on that. Colin Varanak, dude, there's so many. I know, man. It's it's flooded. There's too Why many damn good BMX me? riders. That's <laughs> good know, enough. We'll move on. Okay. That's perfect. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. What else did I write down here? Brandon Began. <laughs> I just wrote down Brandon Began. You wrote down Brandon Began? I, I, I Shit, like I dude. like Brandon Began. Me too. Um, I, I don't know. When's the last time you saw him? What's he up to? How's he doing? Uh, he's really good. He moved back to the East Coast. He's not in California anymore. Okay, uh, I just rode with him. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just rode with him less than a month ago. I was in New York filming for my Vans part. I was with like Calvin and then... Uh, also, Nathan and Corey, J. Rowe and Peter Adams were Peter Adam. I always say Adams. It's Adam. Yeah. Um, they were all out there uh, working on a separate project, but uh, we we're all there at the same time. So that's awesome. Yeah, we ended up like pretty deep a few of the days. Um, Began was out with us a lot. Um, took us around, hung out, took us to the good food spots too. That was sick. Edwin was out. That was awesome. Um, yeah, but no, Began like. 
I feel like it works really well for Began to be back on the East Coast. Like he's like the spots speak to him out there. He's from out there, and it just makes sense. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like I miss not having him in Cali. Like I miss all my friends that moved from Cali. But it's like I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. I appreciate that. You know, like yeah. it's sick. Yeah. So. Had- because it wasn't too long ago that Beacon got on cult. I mean, fuck, at this point, maybe three years, two two years, one. I think I think we're at like four now, which yeah, is crazy. It's, it feels like kind of yesterday, but the COVID did like was a blink and then it, whatever. Yes. Um, yes. Was, did you have a hand in getting him to come over to cult? Uh, I don't know if I had a hand, but it was brought brought up to me. And I was like, yeah, that's sick. That dude's sick, you know, because yeah. like. I think at that point I might've been like, even like hanging out with him a little bit more. And, um, but I don't know. I think he's, he brings like a very unique flavor, you know, and like sit like kind of like what we're talking about. Yeah. His style and in in his clothing and his like, kind of just like the way he um, presents himself and everything. It's like, it's, it's really cool, you know, like, um, and yeah, I don't know. I just, I, and his ride, his riding, super sick. He's diverse with it, so it's like, yeah, it, it totally makes sense for him to be a part of what we're he's, doing. You he's know? reached the level of riding as as well as you, and obviously, like everybody we're talking about. But like, you kind of you you learn all the tricks, and then you're now at this point where you're just like painting on spots. You know, yes, you're creating, applying, your, your, yeah, yes, and no, and that's that's it's a beautiful thing. stage. Like, oh, I love it. I love it. It's like you you kind of come into your own, so to speak, where it's like, you've, you've not to say you don't want to continue to learn tricks, but it's like you have your foundation and you start applying those things to spots and things that speak to you. You know what I mean? And it's like, I know that sounds like, I don't know, woo or something like that, but it's like, it's true. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't, I care way more about finding more new spots than I do learning new tricks right now. I can't care way more about that. Like, Cause that's what speaks to me right now. New tricks, new tricks don't speak to me as much. I still like learning stuff, but I'd way rather find something that like, I'm like, Whoa, how does this spot exist? And, and figure something out for it. You know, that is, so. it's like when you're hanging out with somebody who doesn't do what we do and you're driving around and like you're rubbernecking at like rails and ledges and shit. And they're like, what are you looking at, dude? And explaining it to them. It's some, there's re- something really magical about the, like skateboarding, BMX, even scootering, like anything that uses modern architecture to like do what we do is, is pretty special. Um, what's the, what's the last or the most recent spot? You don't have to like give it away or anything, but what's the, what's the latest gem that you found and how often do you find gems? Comes in waves, man. It's crazy. I went out spot searching yesterday for a couple hours cause it was raining and um, I found some really cool stuff, like stuff that uh, is very unique to California, like stuff you wouldn't normally find here. Um, I know Des- we have describe it. You don't have to, you know, say where it is or anything. But uh, well, I found a spot that like is very similar to some stuff I was riding in Copenhagen a couple months ago. Like these, like I know it's becoming more common. They're building these parks and they have these like giant mounds and bumps and stuff mm-hmm. like that near playgrounds. But like a lot of them are like pretty soft so like when you ride them it's like kind of feels like you're getting anti-pop or whatever um this one's like definitely feels a little bit more sturdy so i was pretty stoked i found that yesterday 
Hell and yeah. Is I don't it, have anything. Can you particular. tell, is it like a virgin spot? Nobody's found it or I've never seen it. I've never seen anyone ride it. Yeah. Awesome. So I, I didn't see any tire marks. It looks relatively new, but, um, you found yeah, that's that, gotta be then, a cool feeling to be the spot spot finder originator, you know? Yeah, I, I absolutely love it. It's like, I've had people like kind of press me, not really in a bad way, but like, yo, why do you like, why are you always doing this kind of thing? You know what I mean? It's like, because I'm passionate about it and it feels like meditation to me. That's why I'm doing it. Yeah. People like, I'm not doing it. Like, I'll be clear. If I didn't like doing it, I wouldn't do it, but I love it. So I'm going to keep doing it. So there shouldn't be a problem. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like hundred percent. Fucking yeah. do you. That's it's amazing. Yeah. Like um, John Mata out here is the biggest spot searcher through mm -hmm. and he's the the spot lord of arizona same thing he's just passionate about it drives around he even like oh, yeah you know tunnels and all the he knows Dude. that he knows the entire under under like under arizona there's a bunch of sewers and stuff and he like mapped it all out and knows everything it's fucking nuts oh yeah watching the happy medium videos that's like i feel like that's why i was so drawn to those videos was like spot usage and uh spot selection and everything like that it's like yo like how did you find this or whatever and <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, i've been i've been to phoenix and tucson a lot of times mm -hmm. and i still don't know where 99 percent of the stuff is in those videos you know yeah. so it's like yeah shout out to i, to I remember yeah sure. shout out to mata shout out to yep. buster and hunter and the, the yep. whole happy medium crew i was at the original happy medium premiere at the movie theater that they premiered it at and that is why mediocre at best exists is because i saw that premiere and i was like fuck i want to do that and then now here we are like shaped my life so those so those sick are, yeah so sick um I love you it. were talking about spots and tricks and learning new tricks i are, i imagine you're still learning new shit occasionally what what's the what's the latest trick that you've learned <laughs> i'd say it's less about learning tricks and like combining them you know what i mean like it's like uh, putting, putting two things together that I've never done and like finding somewhere to film those two things, like in a line or whatever, you know cool. what I mean? Yeah. Um, linking stuff, which is, feels more important to me right now than there is certain things that I'm like, I really want to get better at that trick or learn that trick or whatever. But it's like, I, I don't know. I, I sometimes I'm conflicted because I'm like, I tap in and I'm like, do I want to learn this because I'm trying to keep up with what other kids are doing? Or do I want to learn this? Cause I actually want to have this trick and apply it to things. You know, right. it's like, so sometimes I'm like, I'll be trying something and I'm like, I'll have like an epiphany where I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm kind of only doing this cause I feel like I need to keep up this feeling of like, keep up with what the hottest yeah, what was newest the, trick What was is. the 2021 grind of the front pedal feeble with the back peg drop that, that became that yeah that was the trick for everybody to learn and do the mickey mickey fleck grind yeah like the like the front pedal grind yeah 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 that trick's sick i oh. i actually used to be pegless when i was younger um and i used to do that trick all the time when i was a kid and hell yeah so so i still really like that trick it definitely gets done a lot i have one for my video part actually my band's part i did hell yeah brought Let's it back go. real quick yeah but um yeah no it's you know, there's, there's things that I see and I'm just like, I, I have this urge to learn them, but then 
when I start trying them, I'm like, oh, I'm not doing this for the reasons that I should be. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. So I don't know. And that's you not to do say you. that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So it's just, I try to balance it out a little bit. It's like some things I'm like, yeah, I probably don't need to learn that. But other things I'm like, yeah, I probably want to, because I think I could add that to something else or apply it to a spot that maybe I found, you know? So right. if I put a Neuralink, you know what Neuralink is? Elon mm-hmm. Musk's new show. Oh, yeah. I'll put a brain chip in you. And I'm like, all right, you can learn any trick you want right now. Just one trick. What, what would you, what would you download that you don't have? I don't know, man. I'm kind of like thinking about like all the stuff like Felix has been doing lately. <laughs> you know what Dude, I'm saying? For like, real. <laughs> he, does like, he does like eight new tricks a day. So probably something he'd do. I don't know. Maybe like. Unlucky hard 187 20 cap. It's just like, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> or like, it's super impressive. Those like him and um, Garrett and Lewis are doing like the full cab tail whips. Like that's got to feel yeah. so sick. That would be, yeah. <laughs> that'd be a yeah. cool feeling. Oh, First you mean you can't full cab tail whip, Dakota? <laughs> yeah, no, you can't even tail whip, really. To be honest, yeah, uh, I would, I would actually, I would actually like, uh, I would even take a step back further and be like, I would just like to learn how to do bar spins and tail whips a little bit better. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't want it to be such a stinking mind trick every time. I go to do either of those things. I yeah. love that, man. Well, yeah. you're human, dude. It's cool to, like, I think, you know, hearing that Dakota struggles with the bar spin sometimes is probably encouraging to a 15 year old out there who's trying, like, hucking or trying to learn bar spins. I've done I, I one of so. them in my life. And How'd it like, feel? Fucking awesome. I was on a Sabrosa trip. We were at the Double Ditch in Albuquerque. Sick. and the session was kind of over and I, they were all talking shit you've never done a bar spin bobby do it and then i'm like going it's a slight uphill and so i basically wait until i'm at a complete stop and then bunny hop and chuck it and it took me a couple tries but then i rode away from one and i was just like ah this is one of the highlights of my life you know and then all so the you're telling me there. you're telling me you learn bar spins within like one session in a short amount of time like that yeah i landed a bunny hop bar spin within like five tries that's super freaking impressive dude that's really impressive (laughs) and then i never did it again since so might have to do one yeah that's like something that i've had in my head for my my next section in mediocre too is just like i gotta have it i gotta do a bar spin before i retire you know hey you can't put the video out till you do that exactly facts now that it's on the record i'm gonna hold you to it all right, let's let's go. Actually, I've been waiting to put out put it out because I was going to invite Dakota Roche to have a section in it. You know, I'm just waiting for mm. the right for the right time. Let's do it. Um, when I asked Vish who on Cult would be a good like reality TV star, he said Dakota. I, I don't know if you heard him say that, but he said you're you're just like genuinely interesting between the spot searching and the writing and filming. What else? What else are you into? Like craftsmanship stuff? Like what's a yeah, what's a day in the life of Dakota non-BMX or spot searching look like lately? Um, I'm super into cooking. I freaking love cooking so damn much. Um That's a really I, cool thing to be into. I, I love it so much. It's like riding to me. It's the same thing. It's like learning, it feels like I'm learning tricks when I'm like getting that. better at cooking. It's like the pro- I feel the progression and like I taste the progression. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm getting better at making this. This is sick. But sick. 
that um i I love woodworking craftsmanship ship stuff basically anything i can anything you do with your hands you know what i'm saying it's like it's like this working with my hands i've always been a fan of um something primal about that you know yes yes i mean like yeah i don't know i even think back like building ramps as a kid or building dirt jumps. It's like, I've always loved that stuff. I've always loved anything involving that. So, um, yeah, I like surfing as well. I've loved surfing. I suck at it. I've been doing it for 30 years and I still, <laughs> still suck <laughs> at it. Um, so yeah, I'm in skateboarding. I absolutely love skateboarding. So I'd say those are probably the main things I like to do. And, uh, obviously learning about like mental health and educating myself on like any books that I read these days are psychology based books. Um, self, not necessarily self self help, but like kind of, I don't know. Just learning about shit, you know, about yourself and the brain. And what about like nutrition? I feel like you're totally into nutrition at this point. Um, super into nutrition as well. I don't always practice what I preach. Um, but I'm just human. So yeah, nobody but I love, yeah, exactly. No. Uh, I love, I love learning, you know, learning what things could, especially for my own body, being my own experimenting on my own body, being my own test dummy, um, yeah. learning things that allow me to keep doing what I love, you know, like feeling good on my bike and learning about like turmeric or, you know, um, nootropics and you know like i've been tapping into like not not mushrooms in the sense of like yeah you know like psilocybin but like lines Lines main yeah Yeah, lines main uh reishi i think is what it's called uh cordyceps is one cordyceps cordyceps yeah yeah uh i'm really into uh magnesium learned about i listen to dr huberman a lot i don't know if you've heard of him he's sick yeah. And he comes from like a skateboard background. So it's the like fucking stud and he's just out he's there like spitting real nutrition game. And it's fucking, it's just like, you're the best fucking guy. How, how yes, can anybody for compete? Free too. <laughs> yeah, I for know. It's free. awesome. So learning a lot from him, um, super interested in his stuff. Uh, You've seen him talk lately. He's, he's, he's going on about if you want to improve your sleep, you need yes. to get early morning sunlight. And I was like, yep. word, I love that. You know? So now I'm, I go on a walk right when I wake up and, get the dog out mm-hmm. um, yeah what all about that stuff max lugavar max lugavar genius food is the name of the book max lugavar mm. max fuck but yeah i'll i'll send you i'll send you his shit but max Lugavare. i haven't tapped into him yet i haven't tapped into yeah. him yet but i'm i'm always i i love learning i'll send um, it to you yeah max yeah Lugavare. so yeah basically like anything around nutrition or psychology um super interested in like learning about so i've been doing that as well um listen to a lot of podcasts on that type of stuff so uh sick yeah i don't know just like learning ways to optimize our time on this earth i guess you know yeah yeah uh were you raised religious what do you think happens when we die (laughs) yeah uh i was raised in like a christian family um my dad was a pastor and we always um kind of our church the the church that my dad pastored would like was kind of attractive to like i guess outcasts so to speak and people who 
might have like had drug problems in the past or alcohol problems, like almost like in some ways, like recovery, Mm -hmm. people that wanted to be in recovery. Uh, So I grew up in like an environment where like we were like taking people in and actually housing them and trying to like be supportive of them getting on like a better track in life. And Yeah. yeah, so that was that was really cool. It was kind of gnarly at times growing up and like not, I didn't feel unsafe by any means, but like I was, I saw things like early on in life that I'm like, which also probably uh, in some ways shaped, I guess formed me in a way that like, I don't ever want to have those problems that I saw people have, you know, like seeing people like coming down and yeah, going through withdrawals and shit, withdrawals of heroin and all (laughs) that type of stuff, alcohol. Uh, super gnarly but um yeah so like you know I grew up in that environment and you know I'll be completely honest I know there are certain things that um are said and I can relate to to a certain extent about like you know sometimes it's damaging to later on in life you know maybe like being sheltered or being um that feeling of like oh like guilt I guess that some like people that grow up in like a religious yeah. household feel it can backfire. And I can relate, you know, I could relate to some of those things, but I think like, ultimately, like, I'm very thankful that I had that and kind of like seeing my parents, how kind and loving and caring they were for all of humanity. It didn't matter what your background was, That's amazing, you know? So dude. it's like, I saw that and it's like, you know, so I would say, you know, my beliefs these days, like, yeah, obviously I'm human. I'm conflicted. I have problems, this and that, but it's like, I have to believe that there is a higher power. And I think that there's a reason we're on this earth, you know, and everybody needs to find their purpose. Um, But also at the same time, I'm very much an advocate for people to, uh, I don't know, have freedom of choice in those ways. You know, I never want to be somebody who's forcing anything down anyone's throat. I'd rather be an example of things that I've learned and things that I believe and apply those things to my life, you know, whether that's to my bike riding or to a random conversation I have with somebody, you know, it's like, I don't want to be somebody who, I don't know. I'm just, I just try to be transparent and try to uh, be an example for the things that I care about in life. So I think what you're saying is spot on, man. Like I, I, as far as like my beliefs as well, like, there's got to be something and yeah. you know, the, what, what like the classic Christians refer to God, like as the, the white guy with the beard and the clouds, mm-hmm. and it's like watching you. I'm like, maybe not, but the, you know, there's something like the mm-hmm. universe is God is the universe and we are all part of it. That's, we just got fucking. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> it's like, it's crazy because like, I don't know. It's, I'd be, i don't i i don't know we could we could talk about this stuff for hours you know but it's like i you know personally i believe that there is something and you know i think that partially our duty on this earth is to be of service to others and to be loving and accepting and caring and you know there's also a lot of mumbo jumbo that falls that and humans interpretations of certain things and it's like i'd rather just focus on the core you know what i'm saying like i just want to be i want to be someone who could be of service to 
other humans and to be loving and caring and accepting and whatever. There's gotta be a reason why it feels good for you when you help somebody, you know, yes. like it, it's so, it's like a, it's, it's almost selfish to be selfless and giving because yes. it feels so good when it, and like, even if it doesn't come back directly, if you help somebody out, you're putting that out into the universe. It's going to come back in, in yeah. tenfold in space. Yeah. And you know what? It's, I, I, this is like a really, this is a side note, but it's along the same lines. I was thinking about that a couple of years ago. I, it really like, I put something into perspective for myself. I was like, think about like opening the door for somebody. You're not, you know, like sometimes like you open the door for somebody and maybe it's frustrating that they don't say thank you. You know, it's like, that used to really bother me. But then I started thinking about, I'm like, my intentions are good and the reaction is out of my control. So yes. So that's, that's kind of, I guess, in some ways what I'm trying to say. It's like, I'm, it's not like you ever want to do something to get praise or anything like that. It's like, I'm doing it because I, I want my intentions to be in the right place. I don't, right. what, what happens, the byproduct of that is, is somewhat irrelevant. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. So right. as, is you life. know, they, there's a, there's a good test for that. Like a, like if you're alone and you just finished going to the grocery store, are you going to go and walk at like, you know, 50 meters out of the way to put the shopping cart back? Mm -hmm. You're doing a good mm -hmm. thing with for no return. And you could totally get away with putting it elsewhere. But like, you know, you, you come from good stock. I, I imagine you put the, uh, the shopping cart back where it goes, you know? I do. I actually started <laughs> recently. I'm like, oh, I just park next to the shopping trolley, <laughs> like as close, nice. to, as close to it as I can. Life it works hack. out perfect. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a good so. person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyways. Dude, there's so much I want to get into. So you mentioned like your you know, plan for after BMX, what you've learned, be, like becoming your own agent, managing your deals and like the dream of becoming like a sports agent. That's so sick. I love that idea. Like what I, I, I don't know. How is it? being your own agent are you also your own accountant like at howard like how do you are you an independent contractor for the companies you ride for and like tax when taxes come around are you like passing it off to somebody do you hire a cpa to do your shit like it is a business at the level that you're at so like what have you learned and what's your advice to young young kids who are getting recognition and maybe becoming a pro rider really good question and i'm stoked you asked it because i feel like when you're not early on, no one tells you like, Hey, you're getting this money and someone's going to ask you for some of that back at the end of the year. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, it's dude, like, that fucks me I up. <laughs> remember the first time it happened. I was like, yo, I don't have whatever a thousand bucks to give this like tax person. What is happening? You know, but it's like, um, so I had to learn the hard way. Um, Same. I never, thankfully, like I always somehow made it happen, but then when I started making a little bit more money and it really was all I was doing, I didn't have any side jobs or I wasn't working, working construction anymore. Um, I ended up, uh, working with a tax lady and I'm like, I got set up on like paying quarterly taxes, yeah. you know? So it's like, so yeah, I'm self-employed, um, 1099. So, uh, basically whatever I get paid, I need to keep track of <laughs> what's being spent for BMX, what I need for living, and then set aside the money for every three months and writing a check to yeah. 
you take you know x percent of each paycheck and put it into account that doesn't mm -hmm. exist to you you know and then that exactly that goes to good old uncle sam yeah i, I learned it's i mean i guess it's not that uh, it's not like a trick but are you an llc dakota roche llc or anything like that no i talked to my tax lady about that she told me that it wouldn't in california wouldn't benefit me that much cool i because it's strange yeah at, okay so maybe it, it, it can probably apply i don't know if you can get taxed as an s corp have you heard of that no i'm still i would i would say like i i still have a lot to learn when it comes to yeah. like even like you know financially like uh setting up like i don't know like investment accounts or not that i freaking have a lot of money because i definitely don't but it's like like the little bits that i am able to save here and there like i'd love to be able to like put that put those places that could work money. out for me yeah, yeah exactly yeah yeah dude so. well, let's talk after i'll get you connected with some real estate people and if you have some savings like you can just fund some deals and get a get a pretty decent you know 15 percent return or whatever and i'm no fucking genius with this shit either dude i'm just reciting shit i've just been in this weird real estate business world and i got taught like become an llc you can run payroll for yourself so that you're like you're running payroll, you're paying taxes on the money that you're taking from your business account and putting it into your personal account. And then at the mm -hmm. end of the year, you get taxed as an S corp, which I don't even know what S corp means, but apparently that saves you. Like if you make a hundred grand a year, that'll save you 10 grand in your tax liability or whatever. And I was just like, cool. Will you please help me and stay with me? And <laughs> like, yeah, I, I need any, <laughs> any opportunity to keep some of your money is a great, it's For a real. great opportunity. <laughs> yeah. There's taxes yeah. everywhere, man. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, I know. Gosh. Speaking of business and taxes and, um, I, Robbie Morales, what's, what is Robbie like? You've known him forever. I've met him a couple of times, hung out with him a couple of times. I love the guy. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. Tell me about him. What's he been up to? How's he feeling? Um, he's doing really good actually. Uh, I just, was uh, stopped by Colt yesterday for a couple hours and just caught up. Um, I'm super grateful that I, we live close and that I get to see him on a weekly basis. Like um, he's somebody who I really like deeply appreciate. And I feel like he's done so much for me and helped me or provided so many opportunities for me. And uh, he's always had my back, you know, and it's like, I think that he's so passionate about what he does and, you know, between BMX, uh, in general, uh, the brand Cole, it's like, he, he really cares about it and it shows, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, he genuinely, like he watches every video that comes out. He's so attuned, you know what I'm saying? And like, yeah. he, like, he'll, he'll talk to me about riders that I've never even heard of and like, already have the full scoop on them and it's not like he's like doing it to like oh i gotta get ahead it's like he's genuinely passionate about Just it a BMX he nerd. It. he's yeah. a bmx nerd dude, I and it. i i freaking love it you know yeah. so um so yeah and uh it's actually pretty crazy so his wife actually set up me and my wife 10 hey. years ago yeah so so it's pretty cool like we damn just, you know, he set up you with the fit back in the day and then he's yeah. like here's your wife 
See, this is what I'm saying. It's like, this goes way beyond BMX. That's like my brother. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's so awesome. He's looking out and, you know, I try to do the same for him. You know, it's like, I feel like him and I have like a lot of meaningful conversations and I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, just super thankful to have him in my life, you know? That's what's up. So, on the, on yeah. the cult side, is there any upcoming exciting things happening anytime soon? Yeah, Trips, we, videos, we, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've been we've been talking about kind of what our next moves are. Uh, yesterday we talked a little bit, talking about like 2023, what that's gonna look like as it pertains to video stuff and some stuff in the works. Nothing like really set in stone yet. Uh, talked about a Florida trip, which would be amazing. Um, we did one, Mihawk and uh, Rikani and Vish did one uh, about a year and a half ago, and we had a great time. So. Yeah potentially try and do something again, maybe go to Miami as well. Um, and, uh, this one would be like potentially like me and D Hart and a couple other people. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Just a recipe for a good video right there. You know, it's crazy though, because it's like, you're seeing it. We're all seeing it. Times are changing so quick right before our eyes that it's like, it's almost hard to like formulas are harder to figure out than ever when it comes to video stuff. It's like, obviously you want to stay true to your brand, but you have to update your formula. So it's mm-hmm. like, what does that mean? Does that mean like, probably doesn't mean like vlog every day, but it also probably doesn't mean spend two years filming a part and, or a video and be quiet during that whole time. Yep. So you got to find those, what works in the middle, you know? So like, you know, we've been doing these cruising videos um, where like, I love them. It's like, yeah, I, oh, I've talked you. to Visha about them, dude. It's fucking yeah. awesome. It's just a, it's a, it's a vlog, but it's a, you know, it's cult's version of a vlog. You yeah. Know, it's great. <clears throat> yeah. So, so doing more stuff like that, I, I think is, is helpful. Um, I also want to like me and Robbie have been talking and like, I'd like to also, uh, I guess in some ways, like for instance, we just did a trip up to, uh, like we stayed in San Jose and, uh, it was like me and Vish, Eddie Queller. And then, um, some of the younger like flow dudes and Anthony Panza cool. and my role on the trip was more like, yeah, obviously go and ride and be a part of this, but like also wanted to be a part of it on, you know, I wanted to help film when I can and also like help if anybody needed encouragement or um, whatever, if I needed to drive and pick up food for people, like I wanted to like, I don't know. And also just try to be like a, a good example in some ways, you know what I mean? Like kind of be like a mentor on the trip. So, um, hoping like more roles like that open up where it's like, I can go on trips and do my thing, but also like be there for people if they need anything, whether that's, yeah. yeah, Like, I don't know, like thing about like this trip, like Marcel was like mentally having a hard time with something and him and I talked through it and then he got the trick and it's like, I'm not saying like, I'm not saying like, yo, I, I helped him get the trick on that level, but it was like, sometimes it just helps to talk to people, you know, and like, just help talk through things and, um, essentially like highlight the skills that you know, they have and put it out there for them, you know? So it's like kind of taking that role as well, like being a part of it in that way. You've walked through that fire so much that you can extend your hand and bring a couple of homies through it with you, you know, that's exactly awesome. And like, exactly. talk about, dude, talk about somebody with like 
the ability to do literally anything in the BMX world. You can film, you can ride, you can, <laughs> you can modify spots, you can drive good. You're a spot hunter. The fuck else do you need, Dakota? You're one man, one man team. <laughs> you <laughs> thank, could be. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I just, I don't know. I like to just tap into as much as many aspects of BMX as I can because I just love it and it's been such a big part of my life. And like, if there's things I can share with other people that are helpful, like I'm more than willing to do that. So yeah, I love it. All right, well, let's 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 hit the rapid fire section. We're getting towards the end. So all right. And in no special order, um, you're thinking back on all the shit that you filmed. What's the scariest trick that you've that you've landed that you filmed that you were the most like worked up for? <clears throat> scariest trick that I've filmed. Um, I would say during the filming of uh, Talk Is Cheap. I ice picked the Walnut High School rail, which is like the kind of like oversized rail. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. The rail that's like meant for BMX kind of who was talking about that. Somebody was saying like this rail is meant for BMX because it was in it was Nathan talking. Nathan did the one. Oh, it was the unclicked episode that I was I got to witness Brian Kaczynski. They were talking about that rail and they showed your clip and then they showed Nathan doing the 180 crook. And they were like, I think it was Fudger saying it was like that rail is more friendly for for that trick because it's higher, so you jump up and out. But anyway, icing that is fucked. <laughs> what was Thanks, that like? Dude. <laughs> uh, well, the thing was like I I had tracked down that spot and because I did the original spot finder. Oh, that? I don't know. I oh, I okay. don't know. I, I I had never seen put it this way. I'd never seen anybody else do anything on a bike on it at that okay. point. So I can't say that I found it. I definitely don't believe that I did, but I also had never seen anyone do anything. Yeah. Um, but I tracked it down through like some skate videos and stuff. And then um, I, I remember I rolled up on it at night by myself on, <laughs> it was on like Thanksgiving. Like I was like after dinner and I was like, I know where this spot is. And I just like really feel like driving out there to go look at it, you know? And I got out there and it was like, kind of like a misty, like cold evening. And I remember rolling up on, I'm like, oh my God, this thing is huge, dude. Like very intimidating, but I couldn't get it out of my mind. I was like, I don't really like, I think ice came to mind, but I was like, I don't know, dude, it's kind of gnarly, like whatever. Um, and then Rob Delecki was in town with a bunch. And then a bunch of the Colt dudes were in town. We were filming for talk is cheap and it was getting kind of late in the day, but we were in the area. And uh, I was like, well, let's just go look at this walnut rail, you know? So we pull up to it. And I remember I was like, kind of already like had my, my mind made, made up at the time. I was like, I don't know if I really want to ride this thing. I'm like scared of it, whatever. But then I convinced myself to grind it. I was like, I just got to pegs it to see what it feels like, you know? And I grinded it. And then I like started talking with everybody. I was talking to like Robbie and I was like, all right, dude, screw it let's let's get set up let's do this i'm gonna try and ice it whatever so then i just remember like at that time in my life it was like i, I wasn't dealing with as much like intrusive thoughts with tricks like i wasn't dealing with that like heavy like worst case scenario 
um, movies going through my head. So it was like a little bit easier to do it then. But I did feel like there was like a lot of like weird stuff going on in my life. I was like, you know, just personal stuff. And I was like, well, not that, not that like, I don't know. It made me not care as much. I was like, I'm just going to do this, whatever. Like life's weird right now. Let me just do this, you know? So that was kind of the push I needed, but, um, first tee. No. First time I literally dropped into a feeble at the very last second. Like if my, if my front end would have dropped, like even like half a foot later, I probably would have been sliding on my head on the ground. But then the next time I went up, and I went to hop on it and I knew it wasn't the right hop. So I just pegged it again. And then I freaking like, literally I didn't stop in between. It was like ice drop front wheel, slide around, run up the stairs, pegs it, like get mad, run up the stairs. And then the ice just worked. Fuck and yeah. it was like, it was one of those ices where like I got in it. And I knew from the start, I was like, dude, even if this rail was like double the length, I think I'm good. I think I'm like locked in. It was just, like, just everything lined spot. up. Yeah. And then and you then... did one of the finest bunny hop 360s on flat. <laughs> <laughs> the victory three was so good, dude. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that that was like probably one of the most satisfying 360s ever because it was yeah, like, I, I, just, I just did this thing that was scaring me. It worked. I didn't die. All the boys are in town. Like, we went to the Supercross in Anaheim after that. It was sick. It Hell was yeah. like, yeah, it was just like, I don't know. It was just such a special time for me. That you is know? a special so, time. Yeah. All right. Uh, that leads me to ask, how about, let's be specific. How about filming with or for Insight? What's your favorite clip that, of yours in Insight? Uh, I just posted these. Part. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just posted these back on Instagram, like within the last month or so, uh, and told a little story, but I'll say it on here too. But, um, I, this is like kind of like a year or two into messing with like grind to nose manual variations. And I had it in my mind that like, I would like to try, I don't even know if they're possible cause I'd never seen them done. Um, not that I didn't know if they were possible, but like, I didn't know how to go about them because I'd never seen them done. There wasn't like anything, there wasn't a manual written for them. So it's like, uh, I really wanted to do on a ledge, like hanger to drop down nose manual and backwards grind to drop down backwards nose manual. And I remember meeting up with Navaz and I was like, well, like, I guess there's nothing else to it, but just to try them. You know what I mean? And it was like, for whatever reason, like, they just worked out so much easier than I imagined in my mind, which is normally so much different than how it goes. Normally yeah. it's like, Oh, I think I got this. And then you have to go there four times to roll away. It's like, yeah. this was just like everything lined up. It was like hang your nose within like 10 minutes. That was the first one I did. Amazing. And it was like, I, it was weird though. Cause like I said, I didn't even know how to go about it, but I was like, I guess if I just do a tooth and, feel like i'm gonna flip over i just stay in it and then it's a nose manual right and then (laughs) sure as shit it worked like that and then then i was like i think my special meter was up because that worked and i was like all right backwards grind backwards nose let's try this you know and i can't even recall ever trying to feel it out any other time leading up to that where i i don't know if i ever even backwards grinded a ledge and tried to come off nose heavy to see what it would feel like it was just like 
fully get into it, you know? And uh, yeah, that was, I would say within 45 minutes, both those tricks were done and they were both like dream tricks. Yes, so, dude. Amazing. So those are, <laughs> I would say those are some of the most like memorable ones for me during that time. Um, yeah. That's pretty good. That's the era of like everybody getting introduced to like, you're going down rails to land in a nose mail. I think you had a huge impact on landing in a nose mail <laughs> out of an up rail, out of a down rail, out of an over pegs. It's pretty wild. Who's your favorite filmer? That's also a tough one. Cause you know them all and you've worked with a lot of them. But. Yeah. I would say like, I I'm, I'm not, so here's the deal. I work really closely with Vish and yep. Calvin and I admire their filming so much, but I would like to say somebody outside of them because it, yeah. these two are obvious. Tony yeah. Ennis. Yeah. hundred percent. He's yeah. just, you know, he still films with the whale eye and like it's, he makes BMX look beautiful. Thanks. And then not only is filming, but his editing. It's just so there's no flaws whatsoever. It's absolutely flawless, even yeah. down to like the audio of clips and the, the way the ramp slow-mo sound and everything. Yeah. It's just like such a, so in so much harmony, like it's just absolutely beautiful. So Tony Crispy. Annis knows, he, he knows how big of a fan I am too, because like, I, I'm not scared to tell him I'll like freaking, I still like fanboy with him because I'm like, yo, this is like me too, man. Not, <laughs> Not to mention, like, you know, all his library of work, everything that he's created and how special it all is. But it's just like he continues to deliver. And, you know, I guess obviously working with Garrett and the Fiend dudes makes it a little, maybe a little bit easier, but still, dude, like, still, yeah. 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 I, Tony Ennis and I went, we were on, we were in Vegas at one point. And I just remember walking down the street with him, you know kicking it and he's just a g you know he's just a good dude to be around let alone his filming talent he's just got a good aura yeah exactly he's like you could very just chill yeah like you could just sit there and like chat and listen to music and it's just like i'm like damn i'm hanging out with tony Annis. this is sick yeah it makes it <laughs> so, feel like all right everything's all yeah, right yeah yeah um hit me with uh like who's next you know that's this is a tough question for everybody, but like Nick, give me give me a couple of couple of writers that maybe I don't know about. I feel like I, it's tough to do at this point, but mm -hmm. I'm sure you, like that's another job, like filmer, spot fixer, talent scout. Who's who's up next, Dak? You know, it's hard to say. Um, I feel like it's harder than ever to keep track of who might be next because you have to look in so many places. It's like, you look in your local scene, you look on Instagram, you look on YouTube. It's like, there's so many different outlets that it's like, it's hard to like kind of boil it down. Right. Um, it almost next? becomes like word of mouth. Like, yeah, I've learned about so many dope writers because of this podcast, just asking this question, like tell me people yeah. I don't know. And then I go look them up and I'm like, they're fucking incredible, you know, and yeah. they have a good following already. It's not like they're, I know, I new know to the game. It's crazy how it works. I'm kind of dude, to be honest, like I'm, I'm lacking a little bit in the answer to this right now, because I, there's even people that I think have been around for a while that I think 
still have so much room to grow. You know what I mean? Like, okay, give me an example. Um, I who comes to know, mind? Well, Aaron Ross just talked about like Julian and Brett Silva. Like, I think they still have so much to provide BMX. Like, yes, yeah. and I appreciate them because they're like they're really in it. They're spot searching. They're filming each other. They're like they're the whole package in my mind in terms of like what I like to see from the next generation that I feel like a lot of dudes are lacking in. I don't, dude, I don't really know a whole lot of people that are like super dedicated to like the craft of filming a video part in right. it's like purest whole form. It's like, yeah. di it's dying down, you know? So it's like when I see people keeping it alive like that, it like gives me hope, you know? That's and those dope. dudes like, they're not even like, you know, I don't know how exactly how old they are, but I've been seeing Julian around because he grew up in Huntington. I've been seeing him forever. And like I said, I still think he has something to provide. He's got to be um, like 25, 26, 27, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Brett's probably around that same age, but like, you know, then I go on a trip with like the Colt dudes. Like I said, San Jose, Marcel is really impressive to me. And I really like his whole, like, I don't know, his whole, like, kid he's a, like a really nice kid he's super genuine he's super curious he's super passionate he's willing to like put in the work uh of trying things for a long time or finding spots like i see him out with like trey jones and dave mcdermott they're out spot searching in florida all the time so like i really appreciate that and i appreciate like his his genuine curiosity you know he doesn't act like a know-it-all he's up. just like he's easy kid to hang out with. So, and I really appreciate his riding. So that's one kid. Uh, I mean, poor homie, rich high desert, like, you know, our Preston, our cult, like am squad or the kids that are working their way up or all like, worldwide is fucking incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then, I mean, dude, Wame is super sick too. He's like, He's one of my favorite people to watch ride right now too, you know, style. so much style, like kind of has that, like a little bit of the SEMO like inspiration, like, mm -hmm. which God, he's, it's almost like it's minimal, like less is more with Yama. Yama? Yeah. I don't, I, Yama, Eddie, Eddie, told me, Eddie told me it's Yama. 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 Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry for butchering his name. I mean, I've, I've probably called him 30 different things. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, no. Uh, and then one more dude to shout out is May Cone Duarte. Um, oh, he's sick. Yeah. He's so he's sick. He's so sick. He's, he is very unique in like his ability and his look. I love his whole program. I love yep. the big beard. Yep. I love how precise all of his rail riding is and how like it all works together so well. It's such like a, a refreshing, it's a breath of fresh air watching him ride. He's so you know? smooth. It's like, he's, he's like a stick of butter with a good beard. You know, he's a butter beard. Exactly. <laughs> a butter beard. <laughs> butter beard con Duarte. I don't yeah. know how to say his name either. Um, let's, I think that's the end of the rapid fire. I got, Riders, favorite clip, favorite. You didn't uh, ask favorite clip. You asked scariest clip. Oh, okay. Favorite clip. What's your favorite? That's Talk gotta be cheap. hard for you. No, no. Nope. Talk, 
talk is cheap 360 turn down my ender over the yes. rail hot favorite clip i mean that and the rail hop the 180 rail hop i did and stay fit for my ender those are both like two of my favorites because first of all like handicap hops are like probably my favorite things to find and ride like just brings you back to like og bmx days just launching off stuff over stuff you know it yeah. brings like reminds me of being a kid again they're very visually appealing to like watching people skate and ride them it's just so cool looking yeah. um uh but the 360 turndown in particular it was like I, I i like to try to like create like i don't know whether this is apparent or not like kind of storylines in my video parts or like progression of tricks at, at the same spot kind of things, you know, where it's like, I like revisiting a spot that I did something at and doing something better the next time or something different the next time. And well, almost knocked you over because of these wired headphones. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I think I got that from like, being influenced by like skate videos you know it's like oh people would always go to like hollywood high and do something bigger or better or wilshire and do something bigger or better and i'm like i want that element in my video parts i want people to like even if it's only one percent of people to catch on to it i i really i like that i like building a story with my video parts so the the 360 turndown started with navaz taking me to that rail hop he's like dude like there's this big rail hop in Philly that I think you'd like. And actually Van Homan did a uh, bar spin to X up over it and stay fit. And um, I was like, damn, that thing looks really good. Like I'd love to go ride that next time I'm there. So we were filming for let him talk and he brought me there and I was like, Oh, like what's been done. He's like, Oh, just Van did the bar to X. I'm like, well, that's way beyond anything that I'm capable of or like in my trick bag. So I'm like, like, I don't know, like whatever is like 180 been done and this and that. He's like, no. So I 180 did. And I was like, dude, I think I could free this thing. Like it's a little skinny, but I think I can do it. And then, um, yeah, I 180 did. And then I freed it. And that was in my, uh, let them talk part. And I remember being like really happy with the three, but I was like, that thing's such a good kicker. You can do more. So I like had in mind, I was like, you know, for my next part, I'd love to do something else, you know? And the two things that came to mind was 540 and 360 turndown. And the five I really wanted to do, but I really felt like it was like too skinny. Like I was like, I'm going to hit either the wall or the rail. Mm -hmm. And um, then I was like thinking about the 360 turndown. And I was like, dude, this is like kind of like a homage to like growing up, like riding dirt for me and like for that real. being a big yeah. part of my life. You know, it's like, do you like, do a dirt jump trick on a street spot. Like this BMX is like, as fuck. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yes. So, so good. So yeah. Like, and I mean, even the day that I did it, like you can see the surprise when I rode away from it in the yeah. part, like I did not think it was going to like work as well as it did when it so. did. It was like, I got there, I jumped it. I went to 360 it and I took my foot off freeing it. Cause I was like, I got a little bit weird. And then I think the next try is when I did the 360 turn down. So it went from like, it just worked. It was like, it just, I just happened to be in the right position. And uh, yeah, it just, I don't know if anything that I feel in my life from now on will ever top that feeling. It was like, 
I knew it was going to be my ender. Um, I didn't have to die for it. <laughs> it so felt it really plus. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I don't know, man. There's just something about that that's going to – I'm just going to feel that one in my heart for forever. And I so. have it in my – it's, like, burnt in here forever too, man. <laughs> you've, you have, you've had such an incredible career, and I can't wait to see this next Vans part. Like, that's – talk about – I'm excited. That's going to be good. Thanks, or, dude. or it could be bad, you know, and I'll still love it, you know, because it's you. I hope so. I hope so. I hope it's not bad. Been dude, a lot of, of course, it. it's not going to be yeah. bad <laughs> with you and Calvin. Um, is there anything that, you know, you want to shout out or announce or anything cool happening um, before we get out of here? Yeah, for sure. So I guess in association with this video part, I'm, happy to say that I also have a, another line coming out with Vans, which is you. still mind blowing that I'm able to, you know, help in the design process of things for a company I love as much as Vans. Like it's just so special, you know? So that is special. So shoe, is there anything else besides shoe? Uh, yeah, it's, um, so when you say line, it's a whole line of products. with. So, Vans. so I have, I have a, um, like a skate high BMX coming out and then a slip on BMX coming out. Um, so two shoes and then some apparel to go with it as well. And some other, another thing that I can't talk about too much right now, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. Uh, I, I want to know what the thing is. <laughs> oh, it's, I mean, that's man. nothing that's crazy. Awesome. It's yeah. nothing crazy, but, but you like, can't yeah, talk about like, it. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I just feel really blessed that like I get these opportunities and, you know, it makes me want to just like grind harder and, and make sure that I'm not that they have like expectations, so to speak, but like, I feel like they, they treat me so well that like, it only makes sense to, to return the favor and work my butt off on this video part. And, um, yeah, continue pushing what I love in the direction that, uh, it's going, I don't know. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Yeah. What about so, with, uh, so vans cult uh cinema i talked like I've, I've been asking people their mount rushmore of riders and they almost every time it's like the cinema team is basically <laughs> the mount rushmore <laughs> uh what other sponsors do you get are you riding uh, for so yeah it's those three and then i ride for salty which is like a, um, yeah, yeah, a juice company yeah, beverage company that. yeah which That's is great. super sick uh nathan rides for them as well we went yep. down to headquarters last week it's in san diego watch them, you know, essentially producing the juice, like got to see everything from like the big boxes of like fresh organic fruit that they use to produce these down to like the machine that juices them and then the machine that bottles them and labels them and got to meet everybody over there. And it was super sick. And they're like, so down for like what we do. And, you know, they're involved in skateboarding as well and surfing and, like they're like a genuine company that care about people. And, you know, it's, it's a breath of fresh air. Cause you know, it's, it's the opposite of like a company coming in and throwing like a bunch of money into something for a year and then leaving, you know what I'm saying? It's like, they're they're They love the fact that they could be involved with these, not sports, but these, yeah lifestyles i don't know what you want to call sports. it sports fuck it yeah sports, <laughs> sports um and i think it's cool because like 
they really care to work with people that are genuinely like also working on their health, you know? So it's like, yeah, Nathan's someone who I uh, really appreciate talking with as it pertains to like health and wellness and that type of stuff. So it's cool to have him on board as well. It's like, you know, we're not putting, this isn't putting bullshit in our body, like putting like real nutrients in there and it makes you feel better and there's actual health benefits from it. And uh, so like to, I guess to be a part of something that I believe in and care about and um, like, I feel like it's reciprocated. It's like, it's really cool. So thankful. Nathan left Monster, right? Or Red Bull? Nathan was on Monster. Yeah, yeah. And he and left, right? He, yeah. Were yeah. You, you were on Monster as well. Are you? I was on, no, I was on Monster until about two and a half years ago. Okay. Yeah. And then I started yeah. riding for Salty about around the same time when I got yeah. off Monster. Yeah. I love that for you. It's got to yeah. feel better because. You know, shout out to Monster and all they do for all those sports. Yeah. But you know, no, and that, and that's the thing. That's the thing that I always say to people. It's like, I'm, you know, I'm not dogging any of those companies by any means because I'm grateful, first of all, for the opportunities that Monster gave me, yeah. and you know, the compensation and the support and everything. And not only that, I have so many friends that have such a better life because of energy drink sponsors it's like how could i hate on that bro like exactly my friends are like able to live in a house because of these drink companies and they support what we do so i can't hate um but also i think that it's refreshing and i think that it's important for there to be other things as well um getting involved in bmx like in skateboarding such as a drink company like salty and things that you could really back as far as like something that's bettering your body and nutrient rich. And uh, yeah, so I think, uh, you know, you don't have to dog on one to be grateful for the other. Yeah. Yeah, So You got a promo code or something for Salty? Uh, I I think, yeah, I think, uh, what is it? I'll have to get back to you on that. I think it's just like, it might be Dakota 10 on the website, salty.com. But to be honest, I, I just tell people like it's more cost of, efficient to buy it in the store. And um, I, I'm, I'm all about people doing what's easy for them, not what's going to get me an extra dollar, you know? Yeah. So it's like, go to Target. It's, you know, it's get three bucks. Salty. Yeah, yeah, get a salty. Yeah, it's good for oh, you. Yeah. It tastes good too. Um, yeah. I love so, that, man. Yeah, thanks, dude. Well, you're on the Mount Rushmore. You're paving the way, and you're st- and you're still fucking going. You really are gonna like go down in history as one of the best BMX riders of all time. So it's cool. I I know it's surreal and it's fucking blowing smoke up your ass, but you you deserve it if anybody does. You know. Well, so. I genuinely appreciate the kind words, and I appreciate what you're doing right now and what you've done for BMX. I I love your work. Um, I mean, Thanks, between man. mediocre at best the Arizona scene, the stuff you've done with Sabrosa and Matt Ray. And like, I don't know. So likewise, love I, appreci- I appreciate, I appreciate what you're shit. doing. And yeah, I know you're passionate about it. So I, I appreciate that. When it comes time for mediocre two premiere, we're going to do a street fighter jam and you guys are all going to have to come out and we'll have a big Arizona BMX party. 
Guess who doesn't need an excuse to go to Arizona? Me. I freaking love Arizona. Shout out, shout out to Arizona. Straight yeah. up. Shout out to Arizona. Who's your favorite all time Arizona writer? Dude, honestly, I really like I like Floyd a lot. Floyd was like Yeah, he was sick. Or yeah, was, is he's is, still yeah. He's still super sick. He's, yeah. He's into racing now. His kids are racing. That's he's great. badass, dude. Um, but he God, really I haven't thought about in. him in years. I love Floyd. Yeah, he, he rules. He's such a genuine, like, good person, but also, like, worked really hard at spot searching and filming and doing cool tricks at cool spots. So it's like he he checks all the boxes for him, yeah. you know? But then it's like, you know, like, can't deny, like, Rap Boy and Gons and Smoker Dave. It's like Arizona's always – it's always been a special place for BMX, you know? Agreed. Yeah. So. I'm so happy I wound up here when I was 11 years old. Just like, bloop. Okay. And then happenstance, get into BMX. So fucking sick. Good place to be. Good people to be involved with. All right, Dak. This has been Canode Nose, you know? <laughs> Thanks for coming <laughs> on, man. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, dude. It's uh, It's good to chat with you. Appreciate you. You too. Bye, everybody. Hello, you've reached the end of the video. I appreciate you watching. I appreciate all the messages you guys have been sending me. It's fucking awesome. Spreading love, positivity. And how about Dakota, huh? He's good.